Hey there, folks. What do you know? It's the Uticast episode 245. Music makes me lose control. It's a very music-oriented episode of the show today as we are joined by uh, first-time GFOP Erica Zalatan and returning GFOP Tim Schramm to talk uh, Zalatan, her new album, uh, White Noise uh, White Noise Wednesdays. Well, he changed the name of it, so now I feel like a jerk because I'm screwing the name up. Tim, whatever you're doing right now, it's great. I love you to death. Tim, you're the best. No, we had a great time talking to Tim and Erica. We talked a lot about her new album. We talked about all the work they've been doing. Uh, we also uh, talked this week about the New York State Plastic Bag Band with Kevin, uh, the Uptown Saturday Night that I'm hosting, weirdly. Oh, and the shingles that I got, because I got shingles because I'm 900 years old. Uh, I don't know how it happened. Maybe stress. All right, folks. <laughs> we are back, as always, with the Uticast. Uh, and as always, as always, we are happy. to the show, folks. It's the Uticast, episode 245. I am, of course, your host, Sam Famolaro, joined, as always, by the vigilant one, Kevin Sullivan. Always, uh, always keeping my eyes out, I suppose. <laughs> it's vigilant. Right. The vigilant one. Uh, I don't know, I gotta come up with better nicknames for you. Uh, Heather is not here, mm-hmm. uh, at a request from myself. Well, there you go. <laughs> had enough. Uh, yeah, had enough, that's it. No, um, oh, by the way, Kev. Did you notice our new hand puppet that was brought to us by this week's guests? I do, um, I do see the hand puppet. Eric Salatan and Tim Schramm, who are joining us. It's a Street Sharks hand puppet. I haven't posted it on the internet yet. Um, but there you go. Now we have a new hand puppet for all the people who come in to take pictures with the dinosaur hands. Somehow we've turned into a puppet show. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, an audio puppet show. Oh, boy. Um, but yeah, the reason Heather's not here, uh, and the reason that I was not at the Utica Zoo's Winter in the Wild over the weekend... Mm-hmm. Uh, correct. That is correct. Correct. So if you were expecting to see me there after I promoted it, um, well, I wasn't. And if you went down there just for Sam, you know, recheck your stuff. Yeah, re- yeah. <laughs> think, think about your options if that's where you are. Um, no, I wasn't there um, because I, well, I guess, let me let me tell the story, all right? So I woke up, because I think we've talked about this already, but I, I woke up last, let's call it Monday night, maybe Tuesday in the morning, I had noticed... A small patch of bumps over the top of my left ear, right? Just uh-huh. this little tiny. And I'm like, oh man! I, in, in New York, we had the bed bug problem, just like half the city. So uh-huh. I had been familiar with the concept of getting bed bugs. Sure. And I was deathly concerned that beth, bed bugs was the issue. Uh huh. So I went out and I bought like a bed bug blanket and like a thing to cover up the mattress. And I'm like, ready to call the exterminator. I was like, you know what? Let me do a little research here before I... Yeah, before I fly off the I handle fly. at 5 a.m. making Amazon purchases. <laughs> yeah, which I did, by the way. I saw that. Yeah. Um, so, uh, over the next two days, from Monday through about Wednesday, these things are getting worse, these quote-unquote bites. And it starts to dawn on me that this doesn't seem like any bug bite that I've ever had. At, at all. all. No. At all. 
Uh, and now, mind you, these bumps are behind my left ear on the side of my head and going down the back of my neck. So I can't see them. I can't see any of it unless I take a photo of it with my cell phone and then look at the photo, which is right. quite... There's a... no mirrors for you. Bad well, luck. We have can't the... be looking into mirrors. I can't see... I have to get two mirrors. I have to have a mirror in front of me showing me the mirror behind me so that I can see the back of my neck. Yeah, right. Yeah, so I don't know exactly what's going on back there. Right. <laughs> so I don't know if it was you or somebody I finally was like, hey, take a look at this. <laughs> can you look at this weird thing on my neck and tell me if this looks like a bug bite? And whoever it was just said, no, you need to go to the hospital. It's not me. Uh, so I went to the urgent care to go check it out. because I Now, mind you, I don't have health insurance at the moment. We'll get into that part in a second. Um, and they told me that I have shingles. 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 The oldest man disease that I could think of Wonderful. outside of scurvy. Rickets. Those aren't old man diseases, though. They're just like, old. Nobody gets scurvy and rickets. Those are just like pirate diseases in the 1600s. Yeah, well, this feels like that, too. Mm. Uh, and I did think to myself, I hope this isn't the end for me, because this is a crummy way to go. If I have to tell people what happened to him. Oh, shingles. If there's anything that sums up you uh, coming across new information at 4 a.m., it's like, well, I'm probably going to die. <laughs> this is it. I'm dead. Cat's dead. Um... So, a couple things found out when I found out that I had the shingles. The shingles. The shingles. Uh, I was happy that we didn't have bed bugs. Same. <laughs> genuinely. Same. Genuinely really, really pleased. Sad that my, my buddy's got shingles. You know, hate to see you going through it. But Thanks, I'm very glad that the whole place isn't overrun with any kind of, any kind of bed yeah. bugs. That would be weird. I don't really know where that would come from. You know what the I mean? The only thing I could think of. Is ah, you be in those schools. Those schools, right? The you only thing I can think of. those schools. And that's kind of how I sort of got to that conclusion initially. Mm-hmm. Um, I'll say a couple things. When I went to urgent care, now I don't have health insurance currently. I'm in the middle of like an elapsed health insurance cycle from when I sure, lost Sure, because my... that should be a thing in America. Sure. Uh, yeah. That, well, the antiviral that I have to get for this, this, mm-hmm. the shingles, uh, Cost me about eighty bucks out of pocket because mm-hmm. I didn't have insurance. Yeah, not including the amount of money I had to spend just to walk into urgent care and yeah. hang out. Right. The ointment. Yeah. The pain ointment, the one that makes the pain not happen, seven hundred and fifty dollars. It would have cost me without the insurance. To which I said, "Nah, miss me with that. I'll take the pain." Yeah, and it, you got to seven hundred dollars. Seven hundred dollars. I know. I said no, thank you. And it's prob there's probably a metaphor in there <laughs> or like a a story to go with like how healthcare in our country works. And yeah, there's like, no metaphors. That's pretty that's pretty <laughs> straight up. Like it shouldn't have cost me two hundred and twenty dollars to deal with this even without dropping the seven hundred and fifty dollars. No, it should not. Uh, it should it felt very frustrating. Mm-hmm. And especially and even though I had it. Kinda. Do you know what I mean? Like, even though I had the money to cover this. Sure. There's a lot of folks who are worse off than me. Right. Who probably wouldn't. And it makes me feel sad. Well, and also, you might have you had the money to cover it, but that would not have been, like, good news. It wouldn't no. have been like, ah, oh, well, you know, 700 bucks, what are you going to do? Like, Yeah. It, it was tough. Uh, so I went through with no pain medication. Uh-huh. Tough. Let me tell you. This hurts. It's pretty bad. I, I got, I'm not a complainer. Like, it's not something that I am prone to do. I'm prone to go to the doctors too late 
yeah, after yeah. you. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like, yeah, yeah. you were sick, now you're fine. The American way. Yeah. Yeah. Um, but they, they did tell me one thing that scared me when I went to the healthcare profession. They said, if I had waited any longer and my ear had gotten infected or my eye had gotten infected, I could have lost my sight or my hearing. Yes, that and is correct. That was very... Like, that was not great information for me to hear. I was not pleased. Uh, well, it was great for me to hear it. I mean, but, uh, like, to actually hear it out of the ear. But I was genuinely concerned that I had made a mistake, that I had yeah, waited man. too long. Um, I feel better now, for the most part. That's except good. for any time I move my head too far one way or the other. Mm-hmm. Um, but I gotta say, it was kind of embarrassing. I'm still a little embarrassed. There's, you know, you know. I think I, I remember you said that to me, and I think I understand what it is. There's, we have this natural association with like anything that's like rash based or like skin based, <laughs> yeah. like any sort of rashy, bumpy skin type situation. It's just like, yeah. even though it's like you know, it's shingles. It's basically like you know, uh, super chicken pox, yeah. sort of for mm-hmm. adults and like that kind of thing. And it happens. And it usually is. I remember when I was younger, I used to work in a nursing home. Shingles, you know, would be a real problem. Yes. Old folks get the shingles normally on the body and the side and everything. But, um, yeah, anytime you got to tell somebody you're suffering from an illness that's left your skin, like, scabby and crusty and, you know, boiling over and oozing, there's a certain part of you that's like, I promise this isn't because I'm dirty. And, like, it doesn't make sense yes. to me because you're dirty. I but shower. something about, like, rash things. I shower all the time, mind you, folks. I'm yeah, very, nonstop. I'm very clean. Nonstop. Um... I just, I, it, I, I'm always embarrassed about any time I'm an inconvenience on anybody. That's I'm generally big, embarrassed to be alive. Yeah. I know what that means. Yeah. Uh, I will say, on Saturday night, I was watching a wrestling pay-per-view in my oh, house there you go. by myself. Uh, no, with, well, our good friend Justin, actually. Justin was here. Yeah, yeah. And I was in the thick of it. Like, I was in a lot of pain. Mm. I, it, it was weird. I had not been in a situation where I was like, this is almost unbearable. It was like... You haven't gotten a tattoo before, but for folks who are out there getting a tattoo, it felt like the worst possible pain from a tattoo in, like, a cycle over and over every, like, couple minutes. Like, Mm. it would would get bad, and then it would go away, then it would get real bad again, and then it would go away. And after a while, you would just, I would just get, I'd have a headache. I'd have a repetitive headache from being in pain all day. Yeah, sure. Man, I... Yeah, buddy, that sounds rough. It was pretty bad. That sounds rough. And now, Saturday morning was when I was supposed to do the Winter in the Wild. And I have to give Heather credit. Now, the reason Heather's not here nine minutes into the show, mind you, is Kaz has never had chicken pox. And although I am not contagious any longer, I am paranoid that for some reason she'd come in here and touch something that touched me and then go home, and Kaz would get chicken pox, it would be my fault. Right. That, right. Gonna, that boy will get chicken pox one day, but you don't want to be the cause of it. No. It doesn't need to be you. No. He'll get it. But but Heather, honestly, was the person who like went out of her way on a Saturday morning to be like, do not come here. As always, man. Yeah. Heather's the kindest. She's yeah. the best. Good people. And it was the right call. I really probably shouldn't have been out there in my condition. Yeah, 100%. I, I mean, I like how like, in your condition, but like also like you were sick and didn't get a lot of sleep. You know what I mean? Like that's a very real thing. Like you know, it comes but, with like the sickness and yeah. all that kind of stuff. I couldn't so. sleep because there's no comfortable way. Even now, even uh, last night when I'm feeling better, there is currently no good, comfortable way for me to sleep with this. Mm. I can, I can get like two hours of sleep and then I'll wake up and have to roll around for a little bit and go back down. I'm probably not going to get sleep till this weekend. Is my does it hurt to the touch or to the pressure? 
Uh, continuous pressure. Uh, it doesn't hurt initially. Like, I can lay down in bed normally. I see. And then after about two minutes of me laying on the back of my head where there's a thing, I have to move or do something to it, right? Yeah. And then the other choice I can have is I can get up on my shoulder, like on my right shoulder and the right side of my face and body so that my face and arms are down, right? Sure. But then my left shoulder's, like, crushed into my body all night and I wake up and my shoulder's killing me. So there's, like, no good way. There's nothing I can do. Uh. Uh, I basically need a couple more days of sucking it up, and then I can sleep on my like front or back like a regular person, and not on my side like Jesus, in the fetal. Man. It's <laughs> it's pretty bad. Like it it's, sounds like it. It's the weird little things that are bad about sure. it. Sure, I don't feel bad. Mm-hmm. I could go for a run right now if I wanted to. I don't, but I <laughs> I, do I do not. But I could. Like I'm not physically in any like um, like you know I'm not limited. I just it, sure just my neck hurts. Well, yeah. All right, so there you go. That was the shingles. So uh, by the time we get to next week, uh, I will no longer have the shingles. I will be back in a regular state of mind. Also, I have one good announcement for you guys. Uh, first off, tomorrow, if you guys remember, last week's ho- uh, last week's guest, Dev Mahoney, uh, $2 Tuesdays is back tomorrow with mm-hmm. Monty Python and the Holy Grail. So if you hear this on Tuesday, uh, March 3rd, go see Monty Python and the Holy Grail. Yeah, yeah. Did you see that I have been uh, listed as the special guest host for the Uptown's new sketch series, Uptown Saturday Night. I did not? Yeah, yeah. on nice. March 14th and 15th, I will be the guest host for the event. Mm. He didn't say it to me when he was here for the interview. He didn't ask me when we were <laughs> on the show. So he just advertised you as host, and now you got no, a host? No, he... I brought him on the show. We yeah. talked about it during the interview. He talked about Uptown Saturday Night. Wow, it's a really cool idea. Mm-hmm. I like it. Mm-hmm. And I'm like leaning myself out there like, wow, that's a really cool thing that you have here that you should ask people. With, you need special guests? Huh? What do you know? Right? Like I'm out here just like. And he's like, oh, I guess he's not going to ask me. And then like a week later, he asks me. And now it's March 14th. So now I'm doing it. March go. 14th. Uh, what it is, it's a house improv team accompanied by a special guest monologist, which I guess is myself. Uh the guest shares off-the-cuff feelings, thoughts, and uh, personal remembrances inspired by suggestions from the audience, and the improvers will turn that monologue into a series of improvised sketches. Mm. So I'm looking forward to it. It's going to be a lot of fun. I hope because uh, I'm not very funny or, like, charming in any particular way. Mm. So it's really going to be on these improv folks to make me look good. So uh, I'm going to have to reach out to all these nice, fine folks who are working the show, Devin Mahoney and all his crew, to really... Try your best to make me look good. Doesn't it defeat the purpose of it being improv for you to reach out ahead of time and do some pre, pre, I, pre stuff? They won't. I can't. Mm. I, I'm not an improv guy. There's a reason I don't do improv. I am not as snappy on my feet as I'd like to think I am in terms of like coming up with jokes. I think you might be better off that way. Yeah, you think so? You because if you when you got the time to overthink it and overproduce it, I feel like that's the thing that's going to happen. Mm. I feel like we just watched that John Mulaney SNL, and now I feel like I have to do John Mulaney style. Just like I'm gonna do four musical bits and just sing mm. a bunch of songs. Mm-hmm. <laughs> the Rip Dog lives. <laughs> <laughs> hey, we talked a lot about our history of musicians with this week's guests, actually. Yeah, yeah, it's pretty funny. We had a great time talking to uh, Erica and Tim. Uh, we'll get to that in just a second, but they did mention a lot of stuff from our era of playing back in the day. The music mm. got me thinking about a lot of stuff. We'll oh yeah, about that later. Uh, uh, sort of stories uh, around the rest of the world. If you guys haven't noticed, around the New York State plastic bag ban has gone into effect. Mm-hmm. Um, and your aunts and uncles on Facebook are very <laughs> mad about it. so mad. Very people, mad about it. I'm surprised how mad people are. Although, are you, how? 
How are you We've been talking about this that? for a long time that they were getting rid of the plastic bags. Not like we didn't have ample time to yeah, prepare. People are still mad. <laughs> uh, I've noticed the people who are the most mad are the cashiers who do not seem to like having to use paper bags. Because that seems to be what a lot of these places have gone to. You can get a brown paper bag when you go mm-hmm. to a place. Which confuses me. Because I don't know if a brown paper bag is any more or less recyclable. Well, I guess it's more recyclable than a plastic more. It's, bag. It's, it's literally biodegradable. But a lot of folks just throw those plastic, those brown paper bags away. They're biodegradable. Yeah. You don't need to recycle them. They're biodegradable. Mm. Like, that's the difference. Good. Plastic is not biodegradable. Well, the cashiers don't seem to like them. I could kind of... I like the... the uh, When I was a kid, I used to like paper bags in the grocery store. I can store. see where you probably get off on the aesthetics. The problem yeah, I yeah. can see with the paper bag where, like, it's nice to get one. The only time... I can see it being obnoxious as if you went, like, grocery shopping. You know, sometimes you go grocery shopping, like, big-time grocery shopping, right? Like, you're really showing off for the month. Oh, yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And, um, and so you go and you get, like, you know, 12, 14 bags, and you carry them all in the house at once because you put them on the fingers. Yep. Like, yep. claws, and you do that thing where yeah, you can yeah. <laughs> carry, like, you know, 15 grocery bags in the house at one Way time. Way more than you ever should. Yeah. Can't do that with the paper bags. No. That'll be a problem. But this, I mean, really, it's just people should just get up on reusable bags. That's... They're everywhere. That's There's... the biggest thing I've noticed is I just forget to bring a bag with me. Gotta keep I'm not them in your car. To, gotta keep them in the car. Yeah, 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 yeah. You gotta own like eight or ten of them. Just keep them in your car. Mm-hmm. Just kind of rotate them. Yeah. But once people get used to it, like you'll be fine. It'll be easier. No, you're, you're totally right. Now, yeah, I've I've seen a lot of. It's funny too because I saw tons of the stores I go to, whether it was like Stewart's or the Cliffs or any place that has plastic bags over the last month. Putting up the signs being like, hey, just so you know, it's this is the last day. And yet still, when it happened, I'm like, huh, this is the day, huh? Yeah. Oh, okay. Because <laughs> no one pays attention to anything. Yeah, yeah. Um, we won't yeah. go... Oh, go ahead. I'm sorry. Oh, no, I was just going to... I was just uh, probably commenting the same stuff about, yeah, it's wild that people are mad, but like, I'm not surprised. I saw people getting mad, like, oh, well, they're five cents now. That's ridiculous. I got up because it's a five cents a bag. Oh, no. Everything else that you take home from the store, they charge you for. <laughs> you know what it's I mean? It's like, true. what are we really talking? Plus, if you get okay, so say you get what, like twenty bags. Now you've spent a dollar on bags, and you've got twenty bags. Like, yeah, that's a bad complaint. <laughs> if you're complaining over nickels, I, I don't know. We'll just call call the show. We'll send some canned goods to the house. I don't know what to say. Uh, we'll just check in real quick with the uh, the DNC because uh, a lot of stuff happened over the last couple of days. Uh, but Super Tuesday is tomorrow. Yeah. So we'll dig more into it next week. But uh, as of today, Amy Klobuchar, mm-hmm. Pete Buttigieg, Tom Steyer, all gone. Mm-hmm. We're down to just four. Mm-hmm. Bernie, Liz, Joe Biden, mm-hmm. Bloomberg, weirdly mm-hmm. still. I mean, he just started, I guess. It's not weird that he's still there. Bloomberg, oh, sorry, Biden had a big showing in South Carolina. Mm-hmm. He won there. Mm-hmm. My question for you, with just these four left, mm-hmm. Sanders, Liz, Biden, Bloomberg, is Biden back? Has it always been Biden? No. I'm getting concerns that Biden's going to be the guy now. I mean, he could be, but yeah. no, probably not. Like, I, I don't know what's really changed. Like, yes, he won South Carolina, but like, yeah. yes, they projected he was going to win South Carolina. Yes, right. he literally lives, has a home in South Carolina. <laughs> yeah, it's true. I mean, he's like, that's specifically been like his big thing in strategy. He spent more money there than anywhere else. So I don't know what's necessarily changed all well, that much. You're going to see all these people that drop out, throw their support behind them. At the end of the day, it's going to be, you know, probably Biden versus versus Bernie. Yeah. Like the final two. But I don't think he's any more back than he was. I don't think he's any more out than he was. Who do you think drops out first, Liz or Bloomberg? Liz. Liz, right? Yeah. 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 Maybe after Super Tuesday. Bloomberg, the... Bloomberg is, is in to try to fuck it up till the very end. <laughs> yeah, he'll be there until yeah. the last moment. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, so I think maybe after Super Tuesday, you just have the three. I think. Maybe. It has to be less. I mean, after, there's nothing else to have after Super Tuesday. Like, you gotta yeah. pretty much either go down to two. 
Hopefully by Super Tuesday it should be one. We should be left with a clear answer, yeah. but we'll see. Well, yeah, we'll see you next week. We'll get more into it. Uh, so let's get into this week's uh, interview mm. with first-time guest, uh, Erica Zalatan, who I had a great time talking mm. to. I mean, her band is just called Zalatan, and in cases like this, I'm never sure if I should refer to her as Zalatan or Erica Zalatan, because yeah, the yeah. band name is also her name. Mm-hmm. Uh, but I've known her for years as Erica, so I'm just going to say Erica Zalatan was here. with Our good mm-hmm. friend Tim Schramm, who's back after, I don't know how many episodes it's mm-hmm. been. It's been a long yeah, yeah. time. We had a great conversation. We talked about uh, the early days of like playing in a music scene. Uh, we talked about being an electrician, which is super fascinating to me. She's a certified electrician. Mm. I really should have had her go downstairs and look at our stuff. She would have got a good laugh. I bet if she looked at the way our electrician system works down here. Oh, you can just tell her. Yeah, you can tell her the whole thing was run off this like glass bulb, four bulb yeah, fuse oh my box. God. Yeah, yeah. You should have brought her down there for it. No, she would have told us the same thing that everybody who knows tells us and being like, oh, you guys should get renter's insurance. Yeah. <laughs> Um, and then she was also nice enough to uh, give us one of her tracks off of her new upcoming album to play after the interview. So here's our interview with Tim and Erica, and then followed directly by the newest track from Zalatan called The Edge. We'll be back in a Because I got the world's oldest man disease outside of like rickets <laughs> or scurvy. Uh, That's I'm what really gangrene. <laughs> yeah. yeah, yeah, like I got the gout and I got the shingles. Uh, I I've learned as I'm getting into my mid 30s that I'm like losing parts of my memory in terms of stuff I remember from back in the day. Mm-hmm. Oh, yeah. uh, and I've been trying since we talked about you coming on, Erica, to place where we sort of first cross paths in the music world. Yeah. Because it was a little... I, I'm trying to think of, like... Because I feel like I've known you forever. Yeah. And we go so far back, but I, I kept trying to think of where we first probably ran into each other. 16 years ago. 16 years ago. Oh, my God. Um, and we definitely... It was definitely... We played... We were on a bill with you, I'm sure. Sure. Was it in that place in Clinton? There was oh, a coffee the house in Clinton. Yeah. Melodic I, Revolution. Melodic Revolution. Yeah, <laughs> the only reason I remember that is because I recently PJ, who uh, oh PJ Lang, um, with no. music PJ with music. Okay, yeah, yeah, yeah. He, he was the front man of yes. Lot Many yeah, yeah, yeah. Lost for Words. So <laughs> he had a bunch of old high eights, and I had them mm. turned into uh, yeah, yeah. onto a thumb drive. <laughs> and so one of the shows was from Melodic Revolution with Hartford, I think, played it. Hartford and Doppler Effect that the was done do- too. <laughs> Like that, that was in the era when we were just changing band names. Oh yeah, but nothing else about the band. We did the same thing. We we're like, oh, we we're we we're coercion. Sorry, now we're the blueprint. Blueprint, yeah. But it's the same thing. Yeah. We're the same exact band. I've been um, there myself. I still do it. <laughs> so it was some show. I don't remember which one, but you guys were like the band to play with back then. Really? Yes. I feel like that's not true. I feel like your band <laughs> it's is very, true. It's true. I always felt, and this is an interesting thing. Now that I now that I work in education, I'm working in public schools. Mm-hmm. Uh, the way that kids play music and create music now is very different because Absolutely. the music they listen to is very different. Yeah. 
But what I've noticed is, like, even when I was playing in high school, there were multiple other, like, kids my age doing band stuff. And I feel like maybe I'm just missing it, but I never see it anymore with the high school kids. And the way they produce it now is just insular, whatever, it's like GarageBand or yeah. SoundCloud or whatever. Yeah. I, I don't know what it is. That but. is a tough one because it's not something that's as visible because we have a completely different distribution method than we yeah. th- 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 there is yeah. now than we did when we were younger. Yeah. And that was the only way we got to share it then. So there was more of a community around it. I think there still is, but I think it lives primarily on the internet as opposed yeah. to like playing local shows and whatnot. Well, that was the thing too because we would play on those shows back in the day yeah. and we always felt, at least from our end, that we're like, we're the outsider band in the show because all these other bands feel like they are different type of music than us. We feel a lot more like we were doing a specific like Jimmy Eat World thing. Yeah. <laughs> Do you yeah. know what I mean? And it felt like we weren't all like the same genre of music yeah. but that was the scene that existed because those were the bands that existed. Yeah. For the most part I think everyone got along. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I think of course was... there's some shit talking here and there. Yeah. But, um... That's a big part of it. I, yeah. I think uh, I, it's similar for me. I was a couple years ahead of you guys, and I mean, I played in a, a psychobilly band in That's upstate right. New York, so like there was really nobody that sounded like it. Like we, of course, played a lot of shows of punk bands, like mm-hmm. hardcore scene, but that was the whole thing. It's like you just got to get along with people. Yeah. And we did pretty good with like Syracuse and like branching out to the other cities outside of Utica more than we did in Utica, but it was still a similar thing. Like we were the odd man out, but it's like if we we're super fun, like we we're lighting the bass on fire, and like yeah. you know, so people's like, oh, people want to play with that no matter what genre, you know. Oh my god! Well, you've been good at, and Eric, I noticed this a lot when I was watching some of your videos before you came in here on Facebook. Actually, you guys have always done a really nice job. Um, in any project you guys have ever worked on with the visual aspect of it. I, I always sort of struggled with, like, figuring out what to do besides just stand up there and play guitar and just be wearing a flannel. Do you know what I mean? Like, but you guys really seem to put a lot of like, nuance and thought into the visual aspect of it, and that's the part that I always kind of missed. When did that sort of become important for you, like, the visual aspect of it? I think, for speaking for myself at least, it's, uh, you know, especially with what I do now, it's live electronic music, it's mm-hmm. not as interesting to watch somebody sit there play buttons so I always like to <laughs> yeah, you know throw yeah. some projections in or like you know I'm a sucker for, for good lighting like in oh, my yeah. own home yeah. and wherever I go like and you know when I had a bar and when I have a studio same thing it's like I, I can't deal with like overhead lights and stuff like that. I, I, I like to create an atmosphere with lighting. And I worked for an interior designer years and years and years back. So I picked mm. up a few things and like I just got a vibe for it. And then being a designer, a visual designer on my own that kind of incorporates with it too. You know, I, I think it's uh, one of those things I just can't help but do. <laughs> For me, it started with Draculatron. Oh yeah. Um, mm-hmm. I, cause I, you know, I, I did everything for Lost for Words, my very first pop punk band. We were together for you know, four or five years. I don't know, it was a while. Um, and then I, and right. I, I used to make all the merch. I used to do everything. Your merch is great, by the way. I oh, thank you so you. much for giving me swag. And oh, I'm, no I'm not just saying it's cool because she gave me swag. <laughs> I had that written down as a note on here as well. Cool. Well, Tim helped me with that. Um, Tim designed... Well, oh, my friend cool. Andrew took the photo. Um, Tim took it oh, and wow. made it what it is. Oh, man, the patch. Um, the panda, my wife actually drew it. So re- rendered from a picture, an actual photo of me <laughs> in Ithaca. <laughs> Uh, and she drew that with marker, and Tim did the, the font for it. And... I'll have to, um, I gotta get a picture of this for the Twitter I'll have to put up yeah. on here yeah. when, I, when I get they done. It did come out really yeah. well. I couldn't do <laughs> half the stuff I do without Tim. He is. We are a team. We are a team. 
Well, so let me ask you this question, too, because I want to get into some backstory as well. But let me start here, I guess, is when did you guys sort of first come into each other's orbit? And, of course, by the way, since we're 45 minutes in, uh, <laughs> we're talking with Erica Zalatan and Tim Schramm. Uh, I don't know what you want me to call the over-encompassing everything of you guys being here. Is this, like, Noise Workshop uh, or Zalatan Music? Zalatan and then just some shows. And some dude. some dude that's putting on shows. Yeah. But yeah, so when did you guys first sort of come into each other's orbit musically or personally? We have a mutual friend, goes by the name of Doyle. And oh, yeah. yeah, Doyle yeah. Gilman, good old the friend The tallest of ours. man I know, besides <laughs> Kevin Sullivan. <laughs> yeah, <it's> like, <laughs> he lives right up the street, too. Um, I've been friends with him for years and years yep. and years. Um, and I, when I wasn't living here, he was playing in a little band called Doctors in the Basement with Erica. Mm-hmm. I remember and that. <laughs> I came up, to, Doyle was playing like an annoy, doing a noise performance with The Real Burnouts. And I met Erica at, I believe it's the other side. It was like the first time I ever met her, and then we just kind of like were in the orbit. And then once I moved back up here, the dev. Once and the it dev was definitely the dev. Like it was one of those things immediately, like we just clicked and we just started playing music. And it's like, all right, yeah. we're stuck. We're stuck with each other. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> it's like years it. later, we're stuck with each other. So you knew right off the bat that you guys would want to keep, like you just clicked. Yeah. 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 That's something I've talked about it with Kevin over the years. You know, we've played in different other bands. When I was playing in New York, I was doing my weird, like, uh, Pink Floyd Minutemen ripoff stuff uh, <laughs> without nice. Kevin, and then he's, he's doing stuff up here with you know with like even other dudes and stuff, and now he's playing all the time. But he's still the guy I go to where I don't even have to worry about it. Where it's like, oh, I need you to can you write the the hook to this? Yep. Boom, there it is. I didn't even have to question it. It's it's good. It's like Erica will ask me like, hey. I- I got an idea for a uh, logo or something, like, mostly visually, too. Like, even though we play really well together, it's still that that's the go-to on, yeah. on a regular basis. Where it's like, hey, can you make a logo for this thing? I'm like, yep. And it's and I usually end up giving it a first try. And she's He's like... He's incredible with, with that stuff. He's like, yes. Yep. Uh, Erica, let me ask you... Where, I'm going to go back to where you started. We'll do our, 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 our traditional intro here. Yeah. Erica, where were you born? I was born in Utica, New York. Mm-hmm. Um, I lived in... Mar- I grew up in Marcy, Whitesboro. Mm-hmm. So you went to like Whitesboro Middle School, High School? Unfortunately, yes. <laughs> so that was my next question. I always we always talk about this on the show. I always said, you know, going to Proctor, the stereotype was we would like come rob your party, which you know, like, and I always say the same thing. People would say that to us at the party. Are you going to rob us? I would say oh we we weren't. Didn't we're, mean, yeah. like, we weren't going. We're going to mention, mention it. Now that you bring it up, did you feel like you got stereotyped for going to Whitesboro in particular? Did you like the Whitesboro vibes or? I absolutely hated it. I actually <laughs> okay. actually it was just very. I mean, I'm sure as all high schools are because it's just the worst social experiment in the world. Mm-hmm. Oh yeah. Um, clicky, very mm-hmm. clicky, stuck up. Um, you couldn't be different before I even came out. I was being called Dyke. Yeah. I was being called all yeah. these names. It's just because my hair was different, wore mm. different things as artsy, you know. And it was just, I hated it. I actually dropped out. I dropped out yeah. my junior year, and I ended up getting my GED when I was 19. Mm. And uh, a lot of people, when they hear that, wow. they think dropping out. Ooh, yeah. my parents were behind it 100%. Yeah, yeah. Because they knew well, I wasn't going to just sit around, you know? Well, what are you supposed to do when you go there and you're being, like, just... It, you hate every second you yeah. there. I see this all yeah. the time and when I work with my kids in school because a lot of the kids I used to work with, especially in the last program I was with, we're talking, like, really high diversity, really low income. Mm. And, you know, you wonder why these kids... Like, why aren't you doing your homework? Why aren't you paying attention? Why are you falling asleep in class? Until you see the life they live yeah. and you, like, see where you, where you drop them off from, like, events or what goes on in the hallways yep. and doing stuff. You're like, oh, yeah. man, like, this is a lot... 
tougher than I'm giving these kids credit for. Yeah. Like, it's unfair to ask kids to, to go through that. I know. It's high school is hard. It's yeah. the worst time. It's, it's the worst tough. time ever. Do you think that uh, <laughs> do you think that, that sort of drove you toward like finding a music scene, finding people in that like Absolutely. Yeah. Absolutely. Mm-hmm. I didn't really have too many like solid friends. Like yeah. a lot of people knew me at Whitesboro. Yeah. But I, but my solid friends were usually people in the music scene outside of my school. So people at other schools, and um, once I dropped out, my friend circle just boomed, and yeah. my creativity just boomed. Everything was just took off. And it's really it's funny too because I going to Proctor the way I did for those all those years, uh, those last few years playing in the bands. Yeah. You know, most of those dudes, you know, Notre Dame, Whitesboro, mm-hmm. other areas outside, like dudes on the fringe, metalhead dudes. I would know. It wasn't like a group of... A lot of kids thought I went to Notre Dame. They're like, wait, didn't... They're like, why are you here you for graduation? I'm like, I go here, man. Like, yeah. I've been here every day. Um, and you always... And this is kind of a weird memory, but this is one of the things I've always sort of associated with you. You seem to... When I was growing up, there were two kinds of guitars. I was a punk rocker. You could either have a Fender, or you could have an Epiphone Gibson-style uh-huh. guitar. That was it. But you were always playing the shredding style guitars, oh, yeah. the Jackson-style guitars. You still play a Jackson? Is that what it oh, is? Oh, yeah. Right? <laughs> I have three. <laughs> when did you first start picking up music? Was this in high school when you were, like, dealing with yeah, all the bullshit? Or, middle yeah, school, actually. Yeah, middle school, I was, yeah. I was 12, and there was... There was a kid in my class who I had a crush on. I think I more so wanted to emulate him <laughs> sure, now. You sure. know, think yeah, yeah, now. Yeah, yeah. Looking seeing, back at it. Yeah, yeah. Um, now in hindsight. I wanted yeah. to do uh, And he played guitar and skateboarded, and I wanted to do that so bad. Oh, yeah. So I begged my parents, and for Christmas, they got me a little black, dinky yeah. Jackson used guitar. And I just loved it. And any, any other guitar I played, since, you know, from then on, I was just like... I don't like the fretboard. I want a Jackson. <laughs> yeah. and that was it. So, but yeah, that's when I got into music. Was twelve. Uh, I'm, yeah. I'm gonna do that thing that people hate when they're musicians. I'm going to tell you uh, musicians that I think of when I think of you. Okay. And I was like, so I was yeah. listening to your stuff and just the way you, the sort of style you play with, like the, mm-hmm. the shredding. I look at you with it has like that sort of St. Vincent vibes, that sort of David Bowie vibes a little bit. Oh, oh, oh that's dude. nice. Uh, well, that's that's, that's kind of Yeah. But I sort of like wonder what was your first sort of touch point for like music that you found like spoke out to you? You're, you're getting like Jackson guitars. Part of me wants to say it was like metal. Did no, you? <laughs> yeah. no, that's the surprising thing. That's the surprising thing. And a yeah, lot yeah. of people even now look at me yeah. like at work and think, "Oh, she listens to metal." Yeah, and I was yeah. just f- Far from it. But yeah. I mean, not too far from where where I started was like bands like um, Finch and oh, man, Finch. Yeah, they were like. <laughs> They were everything to me. Lincoln Park. Can I tell you, can I tell you my quick Finch story? Yeah. Uh, so I went to a CD. This is back in the day, kids, when you'd go buy CDs. And sometimes when new bands were coming out, they would put, this is a real fringe thing, they would put a sticker on the front that would be like, if you like these two yes, bands, yes. you'll like this band. And the Finch one, I remember picking up one day and looking at the CD, it's like, if you like Jimmy Eat World and also the Deftones, I'm like, wow, those are two really, like, not similar bands. I don't know what yeah. we're going And then I listened to the album, I was like, oh, yeah, actually, this, is, this sounds a little bit like Jimmy Eat World and the Deftones. Yeah. Uh, so that's like really like that's the first sort of t- did you yeah so where does all like the dreamy kind of vibes come from when did you start getting into sort of that 80s vibe dreamy vibes because now I listen to it and I'm like there is like definitely some like sparkle sparse face echo stuff <laughs> yeah. did- um I really got into I can't even tell you when now but um new wave 
new wave. New yeah, wave yeah. music, dark wave, like. Um, yeah, it's almost like Draculatron era. You know, like yeah. The little Draculatron era. Dracula I think. I love when you and I started yeah. passing yeah. things back and forth that were like really like new yeah. wavey yeah. and like um, synthy. Video game music. <laughs> you know, I was just gonna I was gonna <laughs> ask you about music. that. Yeah. yeah. Uh, yeah, video game music is interesting too because uh, I like the limitation stuff. And when I started getting into music in New York, mm-hmm. I sort of went backwards in a little bit. I was like, I don't want to do this big, giant, like sort of broad thing. I want to make a specific sound. Like I'm yeah. gonna get in a band and we're gonna do Minutemen songs and that's it. <laughs> just like three piece stuff and that's it. Uh-huh. I'm just gonna do like nine thousand pedal stuff and that's it. Right. <laughs> and uh, and I think it's sort of nice to limit yourself that way. And video game music is very limiting with how much you're allowed to do. I actually really like your layering stuff. That's what I noticed when I was watching. Like you do, like, and I know that Tim knows a lot about layering. Yeah. No, she's got a, specific, a particular knack for yeah. it too. When did, yeah. <laughs> when did you start uh, wanting? To, was that early on too, or is that later era? like figuring out the looping stuff. That was early. Yeah. I actually started with um, the Tascam four track cassette recorder. Yes. Yes. And, um, <laughs> we all I'm, we all have that yeah. in common because we. Well, I took that and I would play guitar on one track. Or a couple, you know, a couple tracks of guitar, yeah, yeah. and then I had my keyboard, and it had the electric, like the 808 drums, yes, and then any other synth sound, <laughs> and that's what I started. And part of what I did was, I, <laughs> I'd record the drums, I'd put it into my, I'd record it at like half time, okay. I'd put it yeah, into yeah. my computer, I'd, on the wave recorder, <laughs> on the home, the desktop computer, yeah. and then I would take it and. Uh, put it on like a double time so mm. it was faster yeah yeah and so that's how I got my first like electronic sound was you know, almost like break beats yeah yeah um and that is all so my non-music listeners are like what are they talking yeah. about I have no <laughs> idea that's fine but it's good to learn things yeah. I would do it with um, with <laughs> I had the task cam that you could change the record speed mm. And I would play everything. I would record it at its slowest, and then when I played it back to so put the other funny. tracks on, like it would, and it also made it sound crisper because you know it always did that. Like the, it was lo-fi <laughs> yeah. that way. See, I my biggest struggle with being a musician over the years is I always saw myself. I read this article once about Justin Timberlake, and it <laughs> sounds stupid, but they're like, they're like, he's not a great technical musician, but he knows when things sound good. That's his talent. Mm-hmm. And over the years, I was like, yeah, that's my only thing. I'm not like a technical <laughs> songwriter anyway, but I know yeah, when I think something sounds okay. I agree. That's with that. how I feel. Um, yeah. Well, that was what I noticed. You put you're very competent. And my question, I guess, was sort of, have, did you just learn through your friends? Did you learn just from reps? Did you ever have somebody teach you? Like, because you're you're pretty tight on the on the guitar stuff. Oh, one, thank you. because <laughs> sometimes I don't feel like it. Sometimes you know, <laughs> okay. I really don't. So that's nice to hear. But um, Doyle, yeah, let's yeah. go bring it back to Doyle. Mm-hmm. Uh, he and I met when I was probably 15 or 16 mm. and I was working at my favorite muffin and bagel in Marcy. yes and oh, he, he'd come in and uh, we got to talking and we ended up being friends on MySpace mm. and talking mm-hmm. and he's the one who showed me uh, the ropes of Ableton mm. I'd go Ooh, over Ableton. Yeah, yeah I'd go over and we would start we'd just sit there and he'd show me things and I'd bring over my little micro cord and we started writing songs I'd bring over my guitar um, and I actually still have one track the first track we ever did together yes. Somewhere I have it, but anyway. Um, so he's the one who really introduced me to the audio, uh, digital audio software. Um, Tim, I want to ask you before I get too far off yeah. track because I had it written down here and I'm seeing it and it's gonna. I, I can't believe we haven't talked about it since we've been here so far. We used to be in that building over on Bank Place, uh, made Utica Studios very briefly before we yep. left it. Did you guys get? 
flooded outer caves in. What the hell uh, happened? Yeah, there was a there was a big waterly oh, kind of fifth floor, and I it just was... found the path of least resistance, which ended oh. up dumping most of it on the third floor. Oh. <laughs> I was yeah. heartbroken. Uh, like I looked at the yeah. picture, I was just like, I can't. Yeah. I can't believe it. That yeah, was that was rough. Really <laughs> shitty. <laughs> it was so a sorry. great spot too. Are you no longer at that spot no, at all now? No, it's completely demolished. Wow, they really? had to. Yeah, it's, oh, there was everywhere. God. So he was. He was packing up anyway. Yeah, I was yeah. already getting ready to like consolidate because it was too big of a space for just me. I had like Huge one space. other person yeah. in there, and it's like you know, costs a lot of money. Yeah. Um, and I was already like in the process of like consolidating stuff, so I had moved a lot of things off out of the area where all the most damage was, mm-hmm. and then most of my stuff is already. I'm very organized, so I had everything yeah. up on racks and you know mounted to the wall. Yeah, yeah. So I I didn't lose that much, so that wasn't a big thing. Uh, it just sucked because it still like just took time to get out of there. But luckily, like yeah. I literally saw, I have a you know I had a camera in the wall and it, it was a motion sensor that was yeah. all the ceiling <laughs> the hallway collapsing and it triggered the motion thing and sent it to my phone. I'm like at, like a Sunday morning, like right like right around this time, and I was like, what is that? And so I ran down there and the other you know, the people were there. They're the, you know, they were really good about coming and cleaning everything up. And I called Erica and I called like the whole white noise crew. Like everybody came there that day. Yeah, yeah. We got everything out in one in one day. I just I moved some stuff to a different room and then a week later I came with a truck and I just it's a lot of stuff in my garage right now. I like the uh, I love the, the the solidarity of the white noise crew. The idea of this yeah. crew that sort of just does things together. How many? Like, I, it's not a mean to name everybody. What do you think would you consider like the white noise crew? Just a crew well, comes the, in every. Well, there's I mean there's there's the people that come to enjoy it, and there's the people that participate, yeah. and we also open it up to other people, like anybody that wants to come through that does electronic, specific electronic yeah. music, um, to come through. We got about I'd say it's like at nine people, total. Yeah. Um, you know, it was fun guys involved. You know, our buddy Craig Blast, yeah, yeah. Uh, Dan Andrew, Barefoot, Dan Barefoot, yeah. Andrew Splendorio who does the, the stuff on the other side. Like he's been yeah. around for a long time helping us out. Um, our, our friend Norm Rolodex, like he is involved. He was like the house DJ, you know. And then we have a couple of people, and you know Doyle obviously, mm-hmm. uh, because this all that all stemmed from some six years ago, was it? Yeah. Um, I was, you know, just talking. I got to become friends with, with Fungi. Uh, and he's really good, by it, the way. He's great. He's awesome. And he's me and him, cool. the yeah. three of us actually have, like, an insane uh, connection when it comes to music. Yeah. And we do our improv stuff that we can do live. Yes. And it's all completely made up. But we all know exactly when to change uh, yeah. without, it's like, with totally. nothing in mind. Total improv. And the three of us, like, it's the synths <laughs> and, and Eric's on guitar. Or she'll be on drums with me, too. Because you didn't mention you also have a really good drummer. Thanks. <laughs> And, uh, you know, so we just had like a, we had a Wednesday night. It was the slowest night at the bar. Yeah. So I was like, hey, why don't we just all get together and just have like an open jam? Mm. So it started off as this literally just, I I put dude drum sets up. Anybody that wanted to come in and bring a synthesizer could play. And it was kind of, it was noise. (laughs) But we had the drums would keep it together because we started off not with the drums. I think by the third time I was like, you know, why don't I, because I was bringing my digital drums. I was like, why don't I bring my drum sets? And And then me and Erica would just... Just like just stomping, pounding rhythm to keep everything together, and so that really blossomed, and more and more people started showing up. Oh yeah, not only to participate, but to watch. To watch, yeah, yeah. yeah. Uh, and you know, it was always like a free thing too. Nobody, everybody volunteers their time, and it slowly got to the point where we had to start doing it on weekends because so many people were coming. And then once I closed the dev, like I was doing it at the studio, like totally DIY. Yeah. But it was also getting to the point where way too many people were coming, and since it's not a venue, I was like, oh, I had to like be really careful about scheduling it. And now with the Uptown graciously yeah, like yeah. offering us, you know, one weekend a month to do it, it's it's a perfect synergy of what they're doing, community wise, and it gives us an opportunity to do it as more of a workshop as well as a performance. 
because we are that that's that Dave and I have mm-hmm. talked about that down the line because a lot of these instruments that these guys play like Dave Fungi does yeah. modular synthesizers. Our friend Sean, who I forgot to mention, he's one of the founding people too. Mm-hmm. He builds his own synthesizers and speaker ah, cabinets. And he sells them, you know, and he has a pretty flourishing business that <laughs> yeah. does that. And they're wild. insane. Yeah. Like these really wild concepts for instruments. Mm-hmm. And so we want to get to a point where we can have some time to set aside to actually explaining what we do. Because we do it sometimes if we remember. Yeah. And there's enough <laughs> yeah, people yeah, there. Yeah. Like before our sets, we'll explain yeah, like, yeah. oh, here's the equipment I'm using and well, this now, and that. Well, now with this Lobby Live stuff, we probably get some more new eyes on it. It's probably important yeah. to make yes. sure people know what's going on. Yeah, absolutely. absolutely. Yeah, and yeah. I think I've already, from the response and the questions, I mean, I've had a bunch of people, I have I can tell you, like even today, I had three people ask if they oh, could be involved. I got like nine people playing on the first one, but that's next week. I was like, I'll try to fit you in, but I don't it's know, like wild, maybe for yeah. the, for the future, because and we'll get like touring acts too that come through, like just people I've met over the years from having a dev or like doing mm-hmm. you know live sound. Yeah, yeah, yeah. If they're passing through Utica, they're willing to come through and do something for gas money real quick, just because there's yeah. an actual there's a, seems to be a scene for it here, and like it's great to have a, a more publicly facing place to do it again. Absolutely. And, I, and you know, Devin and Brianna are so cool Super about cool it, folks. Yeah. yeah, and they let me like. They, they trust me at this point to be able to make sure everything like runs smoothly and yeah. I yeah know. they seem to trust me for some reason too I don't know why I'm like I don't understand I'm like you sure this is what you want okay. I think they got a good uh, delete, for uh, edit that out yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um so uh, before I get into some, uh, I do want to get into some non-music stuff. A couple things Ooh. I just want to say real quick. So Erica, you have a new album coming out this spring. It is called Z as in Zebra. That's it is. Excellent. <laughs> it is. And um, that is an homage to my family mm-hmm. because we, uh, <laughs> my, uh, my whole life, every time you say Zalatan over the phone, what? How, can you spell that? Yeah. Oh, V? Valatan? No, Z as in Zalatan. So I've been Z saying that my whole life. I would life. assume you would <laughs> get zebra, like yeah. S, like Salatan. That's what I would assume you'd get. Salatan, did yes. you say? Salad. Zalatan. Zalatan, yeah. People think that it's screwed. Like, my kids make fun of me. Like, people don't, you like pronounce your last name wrong, Famalaro. I'm like, oh, yeah, all the time. They just rearrange the letters in it. <laughs> Mr. Flamalaro. I'm like, what'd you do that for? I'm like, why'd you change that one up there? <laughs> also, that. over the phone, S and F sound alike. Yes. So sometimes I get a lot of Sam Samalaro. I'm like, do you think that's my name? Do you think my parents' <laughs> name? I don't think about using Sam. that for something, though. Yeah, Sam Samalaro. <laughs> um, so. Uh, you have the new album coming out. How, uh, how many albums in is this for you? Are you doing self-production? What's going on with it? Yeah, okay. So I've, I have an, what would you call it, an EP, the first one? EP. First an one's EP. EP. I love, I love uh, the term EP, yeah. so I would just call stuff EP even when it wasn't. But yeah, go ahead. Yeah. <laughs> and that only had like maybe five or six songs on it, I think. Yeah. Um, and that was all just me. I did hmm. everything for it, and it... It's, Writing, recording, production. Yeah, yeah. I did all that stuff. It's, or, it's subpar. You know, I listened you, uh, to it. Do you struggle to delegate? Is that a thing? <laughs> yeah, yeah. Yeah, I was going to say, I think you're, I'm the only person that you're like, okay, with, like, I, yeah. yeah. <laughs> like, okay, well, you can do this part. Yeah, yeah I know how that goes, so trust me. Uh, yeah, so I did I did that. I had a few singles, like two singles I released. Mm-hmm. Well, three now. Three, um, okay. But the, one of them is going to be off this new album. Nice. Um, but I kind of redid it, so mm-hmm. I wouldn't call it the single for the album anymore. But It's the album <clears> version. The album version, yeah. Well, we'll put the whatever track you sent me. I didn't look at the name of the track you sent me yet, so if you know what it is. The Edge. The Edge. So we'll play that one at the end of the, uh, the interview. We'll go into it as we go out here. So. Cool. Uh, we got time, so I got stuff to talk to you about still. And yeah. you have a show coming up on March 19th in Syracuse yes. at uh, Apostrophe. Did I say Apostrophes? Is that what they call it? Yes. Okay. Apostrophes. I will also be playing at White Noise uh, this Saturday. weekend. This, this coming Saturday, Saturday. Saturday. Nice. That's really cool. Yeah. And... 
Social media stuff, because I watched you on Facebook yesterday. It was like two days ago. You are just up there posting for like 25 minutes on Facebook doing live. Yeah. How do you feel like you, what's your best sort of avenue in terms of like reaching people at this point in time? That, specifically. Yeah, yeah specifically um, that, yeah. And I actually had a talk so. with um, <clears throat> Kevin, Kevin Pataffy. Yeah, I remember that name. Yeah, he, yeah, yeah, yeah. And I feel bad because I said Pataf or Pataffy. Pataffy, I think. Pataffy, it's Pataffy. Okay. I think it's Pataffy, um, yeah. Great guy. Yeah, I've yeah. known him. I've known him since, like, when he was in It's probably not. We're both like, oh, yeah, sure, it's fine. Yeah. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah no, it's fine. Yeah, like, yeah. Maybe. He was in the hardcore bands back yeah, yeah. in the day. Oh, yeah. And um, he's in California now, but he offered to, he does all kinds of consulting for bands and, like, all kinds of music stuff out that way. Industry um, stuff, right? Yes. So he called me. Uh, and we talked and he was like video 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 is the best way to reach mm-hmm. people yeah so i took that advice and ran with it and it's actually been very helpful in the past couple weeks i've gained so many followers from that but also doing the promotions that you can you can pay for yeah on facebook and instagram mm-hmm. that also really helps it does actually we use that occasionally for made in utica stuff i yeah. don't because i'm a poor grad student <laughs> but i know for certain stuff, we really want to get out there. Yeah. It, it is helpful. It is, know. especially because you can see the statistics, the insights, they call it. Yeah. Um, and I'm just, like, wowed by it. Especially, they can. you can also see how many people you reach through hashtags. So hashtags mm. are another yeah. big thing. Uh, if, I, if you were putting a percentage uh, on how close to done you are with the album, <laughs> what would you give me? Recording... 75% percent Recording's done, right? No, not oh, all no. done. Oh, okay. No. I thought you were done with recording. Nope. Just, oh, no, mixing. oh, yeah. This <laughs> this album I'm having Matt Wagner actually master. Mm-hmm. Nice. I've never had tracks mastered. Mm. It sounds great. You'll yeah. hear it. On the, <laughs> cool. All right. Yeah. Yeah, I... God. I always laugh about it growing up in the era that like, I feel like I'm, I'm a bit older than you, but we got caught up spending a ton of money at a real studio in Rochester, like drove out to a studio in Rochester over a week and spent multiple thousands of dollars, oh do you know what I mean, to record like five songs and we <clears throat> fucking hated it. Like the album, oh, no. it was shit. They tried to turn us into like the Goo Goo Dolls. It was very much like, I mean, not no shout out to Nick Vesali, who was my guitar player, who fucking loves the Goo Goo Dolls. Like he was so happy and I was so Love mad. Uh, oh, but yeah, like we, I missed sort of when I, it wasn't until I went to New York that I sort of learned about the garage bands and Ableton's and the ability to do this stuff. We sort of missed that era by like two years, and I've always been like angry about it. I started before then, so it was even worse. And my I went to school for recording engineering too. Yeah, so that's where I got my start, and a lot of it's like you know that's why I switched into doing live sound because it was very frustrating. <laughs> and I would do the same thing, like you know, we one band we drove all the way to Memphis to yeah. go to Sun Studios and record there because it was awesome. But when we got back, when it the the person that mixed it, we were just so unhappy that we had to pay somebody else to go redo it again. Well, the only problem I have with digital stuff, and this is what I, I want you to, to avoid, uh, is you do the thing where it's like, it's digital, I have a million takes, This will I'll keep working on this track forever. Oh. My, my oh new... Oh my God, yeah. <laughs> That's, yeah. My new MO it's is... the plight of the electronic yeah. musician yeah. to a certain degree, too. My, my new MO with this stuff is like, if it's if I don't finish it by the end of the week, that's it. That's the end of this track. I have till I Friday to if do it. If you put a yeah. deadline, give yeah. yourself a deadline. Yes. That's how I've learned. And I've, I mean, even in the last year, I've pumped out, <clears throat> what, four EPs worth of stuff because I've been able, I've been able to sit there. I'm going to finish this. I'm going to finish this within three days. Yeah. Or so I, I will give myself stupid deadlines like mm-hmm. that. But. Mm-hmm. <laughs> um, can I ask you about uh, electrician stuff? Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> because I, <laughs> I talk about, uh, even as an educator now, uh, 
I'm in the process of getting my master's. I'll have it in like six months. Yeah. It's probably not in my best interest to talk about how we undersell trade education oh to God. our kids. Yep. Um, because a lot of schools and a lot of colleges don't want to hear you say that. Yes. Um, but when did you first sort of decide that you wanted to get into like the trades and like do electrician stuff? Because that's really cool to me. That, yeah. it, it, <laughs> I don't even, I don't even know. Something out of this realm yeah. pushed me into it. I think it was uh, my grandfather yeah, yeah. because I never actually met him. Uh, sure. He passed away before I was born. But what was I even doing? I was 20, and I just kind of woke up one day. I had lost my jobs. Mm. You know, so <laughs> I had multiple no, jobs. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> I uh, just was having no luck with anything. I'm like, I need to do something more with my life. So I went looking. I don't even know how I came across it, but I applied yeah. and online. And um, my grandfather was an electrician. I didn't even know that mm -hmm. when I applied. Interesting. No idea. Huh. I told my my Grammy, and she told me, "Oh, he was an engineer and electrician." I'm like, and he and he was a popular musician in the area, um, and he fixed everyone's instruments in the area and stuff like yeah, that. Yeah, so, yeah. anyway, I think that's kind of uh, there, there was a push from outside of mm -hmm. this world uh, to be like, "Here's what you're gonna do." And um, they called me because they always want women in the trades. Sure, more yeah. women. Um, you know, I, I hate to sell it like that, but... Oh, yeah. No, sure. You, they're going to call you if you're open and you apply. Opportunities exist, is what she's saying. <laughs> yes. <what> we're getting. <laughs> so, I got in. It's a five-year program. Uh, it's, it wasn't easy. I'm not going to lie. It was... It, yeah. Electric stuff scares me. Because yeah. when I think about, like, if I had went in to go get a trade, I'm like, plumbing! <laughs> plumbing <laughs> seems like the one until my... Uh, thing in the basement blue, and then I was like, oh no, plumbing sucks. This seems terrible. Uh, but I've always terrified of electric stuff. I just yeah. feel like, oh, I'm too clumsy. I would, like, kill myself almost immediately. <laughs> get there are safeguards uh, in place. No, I know. I just, I... This I, is why it's, yeah, a, yeah, yeah. it's a five-year program, yeah, yeah. you know? Um, and it, it's just so safety-oriented. I'm, I'm with the International Brotherhood of Electrical Workers, so it's union. Yeah, yeah. And the IBEW Nika commercials. Yes. When I was a kid that I can still remember the theme to. Yeah. The right choice. <laughs> it, it is the right choice. <laughs> so. Um, and you just got your like your Utica electoral license. Yeah. Thank you. It took me five times. Mm. I took that test four times. It's all out of the code book. So I, 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 I graduated. Um, I went in to be. I became a foreman right off mm -hmm. the bat for for a job. I've been out. Two or three years now out of the apprenticeship, mm -hmm. and I've been trying to get this Utica license since my fifth year. Um, and oh my God, it's just because uh, you have to have a separate license in. Oh, in yes, you can't work. I can't do any work in Utica unless I have this license. So now, does this mean you can go do your own thing? Like you can open like Zalatan Electric and just I do could. Your thing? I oh, could. Wow. Yeah. <laughs> I, I've thought about it, but I barely have time as is. I'll stick with being a foreman. That's fine. <laughs> um. That's really amazing, actually, because I, I think a lot of times, like, I, I remember specifically I had one kid, and he was he was a smart kid, but mm -hmm. he wasn't super motivated, but he just loved cars, loved working on cars, wanted to work on cars, and I was like, can we just, can we just make this kid, like, do what he wants to do? Like, I, <laughs> yeah. I, I kind of, it makes me sad, like, all the time when I see people who are good at certain things, but there's no way you could, like, make a living doing it. My mom's really good at like, crafty stuff. They would never, she would never make a living working in, like, a craft store. Right. Even though she would love that job. <laughs> she would think that job was amazing. Yeah. Um, yeah. All right. So I do want to get into some other stuff with you guys. I had lightning round questions and all that. 
Uh, all right, so I guess we'll do back and forth on these lightning round questions. Again, folks, before we do that, though, I'm going to give you guys 10 to 15 seconds while I refill my coffee to hit people up uh, where they can see you on social media, Facebook, all those places. Give me like 10, 15 seconds that while I refill my okay. coffee. Well, you can find me uh, at zalatanmusic.com. Thank you, Tim. <laughs> zalatanmusic.com. Uh, Zalatan Music on Instagram. Zalatan Music on Facebook. And that's Z-A-L-A-T-A-N. And that's where you can find me. And I can, uh, for the most part, when it comes to music, we've got whitenoiseworkshop.com. has links to most of our uh, participants and a lot of background information on what we do. And then there's also for... You know, uh, the shows I put on around town, it's p2shows.com. Um, all right, so we're doing lightning round questions. Before we get into that, I have a very quick story I have to share with you. Uh, you posted something on your Facebook page or somewhere. It was about a documentary about the band Dive, D-I-I-V. Yes. Okay, so when I was living in New York, here's a take a shot, folks who wait for that when I talk about New York. I can guess which years you were there by yeah, how about a it, dive right? story. Yeah, 2012 was a great year. Uh, <laughs> it was probably later than that, actually. Uh, 2012... Whatever it was, I was in New York, and I was, they were playing with, like, oh, God, I can't remember who it was now. Uh, maybe, like, The Men. You ever heard of The Men? Yeah, The Men, yeah. Yeah, it might have been. I was just going to say that's part of that, oh, that, that uh, scene dude, that I was thinking I of. I yeah. loved The Men. I still like The Men. Uh, anyhow, I'd never heard of Dive, and Dive were playing, and I was like, yo, these, these guys are pretty good. And one of the guys had this really dope uh, Jaguar Fender guitar, and I remember being like, man, that is a really cool guitar. Like, I want that guitar. So, I'm outside smoking a cigarette. Back when I still smoke cigarettes openly, uh, and <laughs> well, not, not when I'm just in a bar and have a couple drinks. I'll have one. But now I don't buy them anymore. Uh, but back then, when I was openly buying cigarettes for seventeen dollars a pack in New York, yeah. um, I was outside with a friend of mine, and he, the lead guy from Dive is Zach Co Smith, whatever it is, comes out, right, and he's like with this girl who I think was Sky Ferrara. Yeah. At the time, we didn't. I didn't know these people. Right? I just had never heard of the band before. Yeah. And me being like a guy who is older and lame but thinks he's cool, <laughs> like turned to him. I was like, hey, man, that was a really cool guitar. Where'd you get that guitar? And he just looked at me like I had like 10 eyes coming out of my forehead. And I was, he's like, I don't know. I'm like, you don't know? Okay, man. <laughs> and like, he just he stonewalled me so hard. And I was like, okay, I got, I just he got was, punked out by this. Probably really messed up. Yes, that seems. They've had a lot of substance abuse. Yes, with them. Uh, great band though. They're clean now. Yeah, they're, they're clean, clean now, now, and they're so. they're still continuously an excellent rock yeah. band. Like, oh, he I was like, that. they were associated with like Beach Fossils too. Who yeah. else? Yes. Yeah. Into. yeah, there's like a there's a like big run on my uh, on my iTunes yeah. of just like <laughs> just starting with like Neon Indian and ending oh, with God, like yes, Tame Impala, where it was just like everything on here. Uh, all right, let's get to lightning round questions. These are the same six questions we ask everybody who's been on the show, uh, one way or the other, between the two of you. And uh, I'm going to go serpentine fashion. We'll start with you, uh, Erica. Uh, when you wake up in the morning, how do you take your coffee? I take, <laughs> I take my coffee. Uh, I use chaga for the base, for okay. the water. I use chaga, Utica coffee, Okay. Uh, hazelnut, mm. or coconut cream. Big fan of the Southern Pecan. I say it all the time. Mm. <laughs> Uh, and a little bit of almond milk and a little bit of honey. Mm, very good, very good. Tim, coming to you. Yes. Who would you cast to play you in the movie <laughs> of your life? God. Oh, God that's a really difficult. It's a tough but one. I've done it. I was gonna say I've done a couple of these now. Yeah. Uh, me as an adult. Yeah, sure. Or whatever, at any stage. <laughs> God, I'll take anyone. Really I'll tough. take any actor to play young Tim. Um, 
God, uh, Elijah Wood. Elijah Wood. <laughs> it's just because like, he's so he plays the strangest mm. things sometimes. Yeah, like I can see that. I just want Mark Maron to play me, so I'm turning <laughs> into Mark Maron. Dude, Marin. I oh, can wait, totally wait. see that. <laughs> People say, that, what is he, like your dad? All right. Uh, <laughs> uh, I'm going to stick with you on this one, Tim, then I'll come back. Right. What was your What's your all-time favorite fast food menu item? Holy crap. That's tough. I don't, I, I have really bad guts, so I don't eat much fast food. Sure. But nachos bel grande with no beans. <laughs> no beans. I love you. Uh, all right, Erica, what was your first automobile? A Chevy Cavalier? Yes. I, I believe, no, it was a Buick LeSabre. Ooh, a LeSabre. LeSabre, uh, yeah. I, I don't know. Like a grandma car? car right? It was. It was my nanny's. Oh. Yes, that's how it always is. Is that like a, uh, was it a, a boxy boat. car? Yeah, yeah it's it's a big, boat. big boat. I had a boat car not too long ago. I, I got in a car accident in my Dodge Neon. I was going down Genesee Street, and somebody blew through the light on Elizabeth Street, for anyone who knows Utica traffic, yeah. on the Jenny, and T-boned me on the passenger side. Mm. Screwed my Neon up. And instead of suing the lady, which I should have done because it was a company car, I found out later. I was like, ah, yeah, damn it. Yeah. Uh, I said, no, I'll let insurance handle it. And what I could afford was <laughs> this 1991 Oldsmobile Cutlass Sierra. Oh, and it was God. a boat. It had the ages. big bench seat. I loved it. Really? It was, oh my God, it was amazing. It was so good. Some of those, snow. I was going to say, some uh, of those cars were so, so solid and snow. comfortable. Hmm? Uh, so Buick LeSabre. I was going to say, Chevy Cavalier was like the scene car. If you pull up was to a scene show back in the day, like there were 19 Chevy Cavaliers out back, and they were all different colors with different tinted windows. Some of them had duct tape on. Uh, you may have taken your Buick LeSabre to see it, or not. Yep. So what was your first live music event? I actually was just thinking about this recently. My brother brought me. My mom Shout made out to him. Your brother. Yes, my mom made him bring. Not not Alex. Adam. Oh, my all older, right. older Shout older. Shout out to both your brothers. Thank you. No, I'll tell them. I'll make them listen. They're gonna listen. Anyway. Yeah. Um. He brought me to. I went to Rochester mm. to. I can't remember. It's a small venue, and it was to Bug see. Jar? Nope. Oh, all right. Nope. It <laughs> was. It was. So actually, it was almost like a little. It seemed like a warehouse, but it was uh, a, the room was small for the venue. Do you love a warehouse show? Yeah, Me too. yeah. <laughs> it was story of the year. Yes, yeah, story of the year. Just talked about this. And roses are red, and then oh. they changed their name to something else. <laughs> but they were like more of a local uh, band. But I loved them. I went mainly for them. Was, yeah. was Lost for Words the maybe your first band, your very first, or did you have a band name before Lost for Words? I mean, this is not a bonus question. I'm just thinking about <laughs> it now. Um, I, it was. There was. It was. The worst. Was it? I had some bad ones over the years. Yeah. Like we, I was with a band with my buddy Bill Brokell. Shout out to Bill Brokell. Uh, called the Razorbacks. I don't understand why. It's and like then, a generic, like yeah, band, like bar cover band and or then, something. And then we were jinxed. J i n x e d. It's pretty bad too. It's pretty bad. Oh, this is like, okay, yeah. bad. Both bad. were pretty bad. Yeah, both were bad. I don't remember what yeah. happened after that. I don't remember where we. I can't remember. No, I was just curious. All right. I wish I remember. <laughs> All right, uh, I'm gonna come back to you for this one, Tim. What is one single possession you could never get rid of? Single possession you could never get rid of. I would say it's got to be any of my, like, uh, original drum machines. Like mm. my oh, yeah. Plug-in. Yeah, like, yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, I've had the same one since I first bought it in 1995, too. The Lucis SR-16. The most versatile 
<laughs> drum, like self-contained drum machine it could ever have. That's probably it. Uh, old music equipment and old video game equipment are things that I can't ever find a reason to not keep, even if they're broken for whatever. I, I just can't. I can't get rid of them. Yeah. They're, they're floating all around the house. <laughs> um, all right, I'll give you one more, Tim, then I'll go back yeah. to Erica. Give me, what's your dream category on Jeopardy? One category on Jeopardy that you would dominate if they oh gave it to you. <laughs> Early 80s industrial music. I was waiting for it. I was going to pick it. All right. Uh, <laughs> That's oh from my that's from my teenage years. I got I, I delved into it deeply. Yeah. Uh, Erica, this is a tough one. Oh God! Uh, if you could have dinner with any person, living or dead, who is not your relative, who would it be, and why? This is a tough question. I should have yeah. given it to you beforehand, like I do to everybody else. I didn't mean to sneak. Oh it out my God! Uh, I could think of something you said to me before. Tell me, because Tignataro. Oh, oh yeah, yeah. 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 So you'd like, like to uh, out of everyone in this entire not, world, not living or dead. This is like the first far, thing. It's far, uh, I'll far tell you beyond. What yeah. I tell everybody before the show. I forgot so, the living or dead so, part. Uh, yeah. um, you don't have to win this category. People always feel like concerned, like win this category. Like it's like, oh, Jesus. I'm like, okay, <laughs> sure, fine, uh, fine, Jesus. Great. Besides excluding, like yeah. you know, historical, yes, yeah, huge yeah. historical you know, figures. If my wife were here, she would know. She would know. She, she knows me better than I know myself. I can't <laughs> even. Th- I guess you know, maybe just right off the top of my head, Joan Jet. Joan Jet. Cool. Mm-hmm. Very cool. Um, all right, you guys can both jump in on this one. Uh, give me one book, album, movie, or television show you are currently reading, listening to, or watching. If you have a video game you're playing, you can also tell me that. <laughs> I've been watching the, the Expanse. I just watched the latest Expanse. season. Of Expanse. I've heard a lot of people talk about the Expanse now. The, so I'm, I'm a huge sci-fi nerd. I've talked to you about this before. Yeah, and yeah. It's the greatest science fiction television show that I've ever seen, huh. and I love a lot of the classics. Like, and this one is mm. in. It's intense. I'm such a nerd when it comes to stuff like this because I'm like picky. About my like, um, what do you call my uh, escapist fantasy, whatever it is. Like I, I like I am apocalyptic fiction, right? Mm. So like I play like Fallout. I read like the stay. I have like the stand tattoo on my arm and oh, stuff. Wow. Uh, but like Game of Thrones, I'm like nah, nah, not for me. Dragons <laughs> yeah, I, and armor and stuff. I don't nah, like fantasy at all. Me, but yeah, I got really into with, it. See, Lord of the Rings was another one. I was like, nope, I can't I do was, it. Like yeah, any, I really any into it I've been told that Game of Thrones is good because it's a good television show. Yeah, I, right? I, like, I think I, that's I, what kept me going with it because I, I generally being. You know, yeah. when I go to a bookstore, it's always sci-fi and fantasy mixed together, and I do not. I have yeah. never cared for fantasy novels. Mm. I don't care about dragons or like old stuff. I want some new dystopian future or uh, utopian future I'm story. Weirdly, like back around on comedy because I think I've decided that to make something funny is the hardest thing to do. Like I think it's really hard now to make up something that's like funny that everyone agrees on that is good and comical. It's yes. really tough. You're yeah. absolutely right. Yeah. All right. All right. Uh, and then. I guess last but not least, Erica. Oh yeah, I'm sorry. Oh no, that's yeah, okay. Yeah. Uh, I've been I've been really into um, this Genova Seven. He is a um, like just it's hip hop instrumental. He's a beat maker, nice. very jazz chill, um, and his his record uh, Dusted Jazz Volume Three has been just so good. When you're just chilling around the house, arts and crafts day, like wh- whatever. It's been or really good background music when I'm working, like yeah. I'm coding. Like yeah, I showed it to him. Like so good. It's good stuff. Let me ask you this question while you're both here. Actually, this is a good one to, to close up with for now maybe, but um, how do you like listen to music around your spare time? Do you listen to like Spotify? you listen to final records? Like what do you listen, like how do you engage with music in this modern day and age? I have a 
I do. I just recently started using Spotify for yeah. the easy use because I just play something on shuffle. Mm-hmm. But yep. I have a massive library of MP3s. Yeah, I'm yeah. talking like six terabytes. Oh, dude! I'm because I've always that. been obsessed because the, my first experience with digital streaming music, I saved a bunch of albums, I purchased them, and then they weren't uh, available one day. So I was like, you're Screw speaking that. my language, brother. But like I also it. have my vinyl collection, which I'm not. You know, my Sunday yeah, mornings yeah. are yeah. like usually like cup of coffee. Put on a, a record, yeah. you know, but I lost a huge portion of my records years ago, so I've never quite recovered, so I don't have a lot, but yeah, I, I'm like all three, like digital, analog. Tim, Tim curates playlists, like incredible mixes. I've been slacking on that. First off, Tim and I are the same person, because uh, I get a lot of crap from Kevin about that. I used to make, like, mix CDs for people that I would draw, like, specific yeah. pictures, and they were in sequence. They were a whole, like, mm-hmm. r- yep. collections of them. I did the covers. I did cover, yeah. Yeah, yeah I had a mix. <laughs> oh, that reminds me of, back to that one lightning question yeah, yeah. Um, with a TV show. Hi, yeah. Is it High Fidelity, I think? With, oh, yeah. Uh, yep. Oh, mm-hmm. my God. Is it good? It mm-hmm. is so good. Cool. And there's cool. a lot of playlist making, you oh, know, I like yeah, yeah, and, yeah. And, and, I loved the movie when I was a kid and I was younger. I haven't watched it a Wait, no, no, no. I'm sorry. I'm thinking of the wrong thing. I'm thinking of the wrong thing. It's with what's her what's her face? Zoe Kravitz? High Fidelity. High Fidelity. Yeah, there is a remake. Yeah. Of, I didn't know it was a remake. It's the remake of. So there was the movie with John Cusack and Jack Black and I forget. Is it uh, Cameron Crowe? I, I don't know if it's a Cameron Crowe movie, but it has that sort of vibe. It's like John Cusack talking to the camera, being like. Top five breakups of all time. Yeah, yeah. yeah. This is it's it's sort of a I wouldn't call it a remake. Reimagining, reimagining. Reimagining is probably better. Yeah, Yeah. but it was always like the same concept. Yeah, there was like a lot of interesting. I was talking about this not too long ago. Like music movies when we were when I was growing up that were not biopics, Mm. right? Mm -hmm. Like now you see it's Mm -hmm. like a biopic. We're gonna make the Elton John movie. We're gonna make the. The, talking was, about like Empire Records and stuff like yeah, that. Yeah, Empire <laughs> Records, like almost famous, yeah. like high fidelity. These movies that were sort of about no, musical music culture, culture yeah. right? Yeah. And I don't know if you you don't see that often. Now you just see a story that's like here's the Queen story, yeah. here's the NWA story, yeah. or, or, the, or it's like a you know like a retrospective. Because I've been watching the hip hop evolution since it came out yeah. too, and like it's really really good. Like mm. that, that's the only music stuff I've seen really. It's like you're right, mm. biopics or like a documentary. Uh, Eric, I'll give you one last one to close out because I always have people close out on this question. Mm-hmm. Um, give me one more thing that you are passionate about in your spare time. Oh, God. Um, <laughs> woodworking. Woodworking mm, nice. and pyrography. Mm. Um, really, I just... What happened was I hurt my hand. I, I forget what happened. I even it was I after had surgery. surgery. It was after the surgery. I had surgery. surgery. Yeah. I had already previously bought a pyrog... Py- Wood burning kit. <laughs> <laughs> wood burning, yes. Wood burning. That's easy to say. <laughs> and um, I I did it one time, hated it, too hard, put it away, never used sure. it. So then I had my Immediate surgery. Immediately guitar for many years. <laughs> yeah. yeah. I mean, yeah. with guitar in general. <laughs> <laughs> so I, I got my surgeries. I was out of work for like three months. I had nothing yeah. to do. You know, I couldn't really play guitar. Um and I just picked it up again, and I started doing it, and that was it. I was just like, "This is amazing!" Suddenly, I'm good at it, and then just keep good it an better. understatement. Thank you. And I say this constantly to everyone that just meets Erica, does not know her. Whatever she picks up, she excels at it. She doesn't give herself enough credit, but it's literally like. Um, oh, I'm gonna be an electrician, <laughs> you know. And she goes, kicks ass, and does that. Oh, I'm gonna start you know, you know wood burning, and skills it. It's a creativity thing. <laughs> I, I think about this all the time with people I know. Like the most talented people I know are really 
hard on themselves about promoting themselves, about like talking about the stuff. Like my assumption, even when I was like younger playing in bands, was like, I don't know if it's good, people will like it. Like I don't feel like I need to be out here and be like, check this shit out, it's great, right? But the people who do that tend to get more buzz because they're out here like, look at my band, look how good we are. Yeah. And it's like, I guess. I mean, I don't know. Yeah. I just want people to recognize the skill for what it is. Yes, yes man. Yeah. Uh, right. So, uh, Tim, I want to thank you for coming back on. It's always a pleasure. Yeah, Thanks for coming on to the pod. This has been a lot of fun. Yeah. Uh, we're going to go into your track. Do you want to bump us out with the name of the track and when the album's coming out? Yeah, sure. I actually don't have a solid date yet. Sometime in the spring for the album. The single uh, I'm releasing March 8th, next Sunday, or this Sunday, this is called The Edge, and it's off of my upcoming album, Z as in Zebra.
Tan. Her new album, Z as in Zebra, comes out spring 2020. Uh, looking forward to it. Mm-hmm. Love talking to Erica. I forgot that she was in the band Lost for Words, which was oh, her yeah. band back in the day. Yeah, I just yeah. I I knew because why well, I said to her initially when we got in, I was like, oh, I I know that we played so many like, shows together and we've spent a lot of time growing up, but I don't remember exactly when we first sort of cross paths at any particular time. It's tough when you know somebody at um you know an acquaintance level and not you know not as a downgrade, but like you know spend a lot of time hanging out. So it's like somebody who you've been acquaintances for for a long time. Sometimes you forget. You're like, how did we even, like, meet each other? I get that all the time. Like, people who are, like, you know, friends or people I know now ask me, oh, how do you know so-and-so? How do you know that person? I'm like, oh, man, I don't know. Like, I've just I've known him for a long time. Uh, so, during the interview, uh, right at the end, I had asked her what was her worst band name, like, first band name, worst band name that she was ever in, mm-hmm. and she couldn't remember. Mm-hmm. Uh, but she sent me a message earlier today when we were texting and said mm-hmm. that she did remember it was called Broken Will was her first band name and then mm. she sent me just the puke emoji so uh i guess she doesn't care for broken will yeah i don't remember if there's any bands that you were in that i was unaware of but what was the worst band name of any band you were ever in oh man um, is it coercion yeah, was I mean, probably it probably was. there was a there was a there was an amount of time where um <laughs> the old old punk rock band i was in when i was a kid um, our friend, uh, you know, good long time, long time friend, good friend of the show, our buddy Pat, mm-hmm. was trying to rebrand it a little bit and wanted to name it something called like Anacreon. Yes. Which was like some word that he found yes. on the internet. But there was a weird time that everybody was trying to find weird words on the internet. Cause I remember our buddies and uh, metal heavyweights, uh, Sinister Saint, were trying to call themselves like Domin Keen for a Domin while. Domin Keen. It was yes. like some German, like demon oh. kind something, some kind of weird metal stuff. <laughs> well, we laughed about that during the interview. There was a period of time. And the weird little band scene that we sort of lived in in that era where bands would just change names but not change anything else. Us included. We're like, yeah. yeah, yeah. We're just kidding. Well, because it's tough sometimes, right? Like, when you're, if you're a musician, you start some band when you're 16 and 17, you're just playing with your friends and it doesn't matter. You come up with some name and then, like, you know, a couple years later, you're trying to really, like, you know, make some moves. Like, you want to put together a record and get some merch and, you know, mm-hmm. string together some shows and start playing out and start building it. And then you realize how important it is to have um, the name of your group becomes more important. You know mm. what I mean? Like, there's a lot of bands like that throughout history. Like, you know, big bands that people know that started with a different name. And they're like, wait a minute. If we really want to try to get some momentum going, we can't be called, like, uh, Big Blue Monkey, which is a literal thing that yeah. a band like used to be called. You know what I mean? So Is that story of the year? Uh, it was either them or Fitch, one of the two. But, like, both <laughs> bands who had cool band names... But, like, started with, like, kind of a dumb joke band name. It was like, ah, it doesn't matter. We'll call it whatever. Also, two bands we specifically talked about on the interview. So good. Oh, yeah? <laughs> yeah, specifically talked about these mm. two bands. I was trying to think my best band name that was ever in is probably Strange Light for me. That's my favorite mm. of all the ones that I like. I don't there know. Strange Light was pretty... I, Blueprint, I mean, I, I think I came up with the idea to call the band the Blueprint, and yet somehow that's not my favorite one of any of the ones we had, I think. Interesting. In high, what, what is it? I don't know. Who else... Why? Why did we decide we wanted to change from Corey? Just because we hated it. Because the name sucked. Yeah, it was. It was a name. It was a name that was given to the group when there was like different people in the band, and it didn't fit, yeah. and it didn't make because it was a dumb name that was given in a lunchroom at seventeen years old. Why did we wait so long then? If that was the case. Just marketing. We were already kind of doing the thing as coercion, I guess. There was that. We didn't. I mean, we didn't really because we were, we're kids. We yeah, didn't know true. any better. You know what that's I mean? True. Like, what do you? And you've got like a lot of momentum and stuff built up. You know what I mean? Uh, it did make me jealous for old timey playing in the scene 
like bands and stuff like sure. just playing around with groups of folks our age and mm-hmm. writing original songs good times mm-hmm. great times good times had great times by all that's what makes me happy to see Erica still out there doing it and killing it and I was listening to some of her stuff when I you know because mm. she's come out and played for a lot of different uh, Maiden Utica events she's oh, yeah. always around mm-hmm. and I was listening I like the notion that a lot of her stuff isn't um it's not like lyric focused no. you know what I mean like there's not really a ton of lyrics a lot of it's instrumental yeah. like you know there's like different parts and I like that idea because I, especially as I get older, I've gotten into, I've always been music first and lyrics are kind of secondary. They're right. sort of frosting. Um, but I've gotten into more and more bands that don't really use lyrics as I get older. And so it's nice to see, you know, something like that and try to uh, communicate a feel or an idea with just the music. I like that quite a bit and I respect it. I think a lot of her stuff too is, uh, and I said this to her, I think it's very dreamy. She had a dreamy vibe to a lot of her music, which I very much enjoy. Mm. Which is always funny because when I see her with that Jackson guitar, I'm always waiting for like metal. Like hard yeah. thrash. That, that is a shredder. That guitar is a shredder for sure. Uh, all right, let's uh, let's do this week's history lessons. Uh, we'll go through them uh, as painlessly as we can, much like the shingles. I'll go through it as painlessly as we can with sharp spikes of pain in between. Uh, on this day, 1845. Oh, the sharp spike. Uh, the sharp spike. <laughs> uh, 1845. Florida becomes the 27th state. What I like about Florida is it was actually part of the United States to be visited by Europeans. It was the first part. So yeah, yeah. we'd already people were already aware of Florida before all the colonies and stuff came in. Yeah. Pretty grim. Earliest known European explorers came with the Spanish conquistador Ponce de Leon. Mm-hmm. Uh, spotted and landed on the peninsula on April 2nd, 1513. Uh, he named it La Florida in recognition of the verdant landscape and because mm-hmm. it was Easter season, which the Spaniards called Pascula Florida, or mm-hmm. the Festival of Flowers. Uh, the story that he was searching for the Fountain of Youth is mystical uh, and appeared only long after his death, which is funny because I've gone to like St. Augustine and down to like the bottom of Florida and stuff. Sure. And they that's like a tourist trap now, the Fountain of Youth. This is where Ponce de Leon landed here. Okay. <laughs> the basins, the basins of Florida. Also, look this one up on the internet. I think I've talked about this before. There's a place in St. Augustine I used to go to when I was a kid called the Alligator Farm, and it's a theme park sort of zoo type situation where it's just a bunch of alligators, and it's definitely like there's too many alligators for the amount of space they have. You know what I'm saying? Like it's just it feels very uh, I don't know rickety, but I kind of mm. like it because of that. So mm. check out the alligator farm featuring Gomak, who was the world's largest crocodile for a while, but now he's dead. If you, I was going to say, have you looked this up, or is this just some alligator that you know from your childhood? No, no, Gomak is dead, but I think mm. they stuffed him. Right, so, as you do. As you do, as he, you do. he exists in the park mm-hmm. as, a, as a taxidermied animal. Um, so I thought this was interesting. Americans of English descent and Americans of Scottish-Irish descent began moving into northern Florida from the backwoods of Georgia and South Carolina. Though they were technically not allowed by the Spanish authority and the Florida government, they were never able to effectively police the border region, and the backwoods settlers of the United States would continue to immigrate into Florida unchecked. Uh, these migrants, mixing with the already present British soldiers, uh, who had remained in Florida since the British period, would be the progenitors of the population known as the Florida Crackers, which I didn't know was a real thing. Mm. Great name. Uh, these American settlers established a permanent foothold in the area and ignored Spanish authorities. Uh, and a rebellion in 1810 and the establishment of uh, led to the establishment of the so-called Free and Independent Republic of West Florida that lasted for 90 days, mm. which feels like a really interesting Showtime series that no one will ever watch. The, no. <laughs> the Free and Independent Republic of West Florida. Not me. Not, what's, your, uh, what's your 
Florida experience in life. I know we spent some time in Florida Great together. Great place to visit. Terrible place to live. <laughs> I would really... I, I don't know what it would take me. To money. Have to, I'd have to be rich. Tons of money, right? I'd have like, to be rich, yeah. I mean, because I've seen... Not even, like, the, the tip-top half, but I've seen a bit of how the other half, to some degree, lives down there. And that's pretty nice. Like, you live on the intercoastal, you got a boat. But, like, again, you know, these people, you know, the sea levels aren't going down. <laughs> like, <laughs> it's a great point. Hurricanes be coming through. Like, that was the thing I was really looking at. Last time I was down there and I was staying at um a friend's house who lives on the intercoastal. And he's got his the boat right in the backyard. And, like, the whole thing, I'm like, man, this is a dream setup. But I was definitely looking. I'm like, man, if that storm surge came in, though, like it would take about seven feet and it's in your living room. You know what I mean? So there would definitely be that for the long term. But yeah, if you had the money, I mean, it's like a playground. But it's a little too hot for me, Eddie. Like, I don't need to be that warm year-round. I'm not into that. No. Uh, Currently, Florida's $1 trillion economy is the fourth largest in the United States. If Florida were a country, Mm. it would be the 16th largest economy in the world Mm. and the 58th most populous as well. Mm. So... 22nd most extensive state, 3rd most populous, and the 8th eighth most densely populated. 1st uh, most densely populated with uh, snakes and alligators, though. Sure. It is uh, It is the... So you were saying, Florida has the lowest high point of any United States mm-hmm. state. So when the water rises, and it will, that'll be the first one to get sunk under. Mm-hmm. Uh, along with Hawaii, Florida is one of only two states that has a tropical climate, and the only state, continental state, that has both a tropical climate... And a coral reef. Again, I'm kind of with you. The heat is a nice thing to have, but not to have all the time. Yeah, it's nice when you go down there for like a week in February. Also, I'd have to really like take better care of myself because you got to be like shirtless a lot of the time in Florida. If you're down like on the beach, if you're down like in the heat, like I, yes. you got to be wearing less clothes than you're wearing up here. I'll I put see. it that way. I see. I got a little too I much. See what your concerns are. Bring yeah. back Calabrian bronze. Yeah. for the people. <laughs> Call me like. Ponch de Leon, because I'm so chubby these days. You oh, get it? I see. Ponch, Ponch. Sure. Okay. On this day, 1933, uh, original King Kong movie made its worldwide premiere in New York City. Uh, it opened on New York City in March 22nd to rave reviews. It has been ranked by Rotten Tomatoes as the fourth greatest horror film of all time, I guess. What was it? King Kong. Mm. I mean, it's not really a horror film. I guess oh. at 33, maybe it was. Sure, probably. It was uh, like the fifth movie. They only had five movies. <laughs> What's nice about it is it's like 100 minutes long. It's actually the first King Kong is a pretty tight, consistent movie. All the all, scenes all are All of those good. movies are from back then. All the, the Frankenstein, Dracula, uh, Creature yeah. from the Black Lagoon, all that stuff is like sub-90 minutes. Yeah, which is good. I mean, especially for a movie like this. You don't this. need much more. Yeah. Well, this movie was known primarily for the groundbreaking use of special effects. We've talked a lot about stop-motion animation, but also matte painting, rear projection, miniatures. These were all conceived decades before any of the digital aspects would ever be. Mm-hmm. Um, it also made the movie painstakingly hard and difficult to achieve in terms of keeping consistent lighting, because a lot sure. of the stuff they'd never done before. You know, if you were doing a stop-motion animation scene where actors had to act against it, you had to shoot it all in one day, mm-hmm. because you could never guarantee you are going to get the lights the same. Right? It's just really... Weird little things that they would learn along the way. I thought this was kind of cool. Uh, King Kong opened at Radio City Music Hall in New York, and as well uh, as well as across the street at the RKO Roxy. So you're talking about ten thousand seats. That's where it opened, right? Yeah. It was preceded by a stage show called Jungle Rhythms, which I'm sure was very sensitive to the culture. Mm-hmm. Uh, crowds lined up around the block. For sure. For sure. Crowds lined up around the block on opening day, and the tickets were priced from 35 to 75 cents. Mm. So in just these two theaters, over the first four days, 
it grossed 10 shows a day and every show sold out. Mm-hmm. And it made an all-time, setting an all-time attendance record for an indoor event over a four-day period. The movie grossed $89,000, which doesn't sound like much until you convert it to modern dollars when it's about $2 million in two theaters. Mm-hmm. This is pretty wild. I mean, again, I we've talked about this before. It must have blown people's minds. To, like, see these special effects for the first time. I know they look corny now. Yes. But, like, in 1933, it's like, what am I looking at? Mm-hmm. Right? I, I don't know what the equivalent is now because our generation doesn't seem ever genuinely impressed with anything anymore. <laughs> like, when's the last time you watched a movie you're like, man, these special effects, man. I feel like we're sort of jaded to, like, cool stuff we see special effects-wise these days because we've seen so much of it. Uh, yeah, yes. I don't know. I'm less impressed by, like, a distinct, like, quote-unquote special effect than I am more like a, like cinematography or shot mm-hmm. quality as a whole and that yeah, kind of yeah. stuff. But it's just that's just a more evolved understanding of filmmaking that, that we that the general like movie going public has today that they didn't back then. The closest thing I can possibly think of is maybe like when Jurassic Park came out. Do you mean like when that movie came out and people were like, I can't believe how real these dinosaurs look? Like that's sure. just the closest people I can. People went nuts when Transformers came out. Transform, yeah. Nobody wants to admit it now, but people went. Yeah. People went hammer time when that came out. No, you're sure. That's true. Yeah. 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 Uh, we don't have to get too much more to this. King Kong often is compared to Beauty and the Beast. I mean, Beast. Mad Max Fury Road. Ooh, yeah, it's a good one. That seems kind of like a big one. Good. Yeah, it's a pretty good one. Yeah, Mad Max. Mad Max. Give me the Mad Max versus King Kong movie. We are getting another King Kong movie, by the way, next year. Spoiler: It's going to be no good. He'll be fighting Godzilla. So, hmm. King Kong versus Godzilla. I I'm see. So excited. Uh, all right. On this day, 1952, Ernest Hemingway completed his uh, short novel, *The Old Man in the Sea*, while he was living in Cuba. Mm-hmm. Uh, in 1953, it was awarded the Pulitzer Prize for Fiction and is cited by the Nobel Committee as contributing to their award for the Nobel Prize in Literature to Hemingway in 1954. It was his last major work of fiction uh, that he published during his lifetime. Um, one of his most famous works, it tells the story of Santiago, an aging Cuban fisherman who struggles with a giant marlin far out in the Gulf Coast, off the coast of Cuba, the mm-hmm. Gulf Stream. Uh, have you ever actually read this book, um, I, once when I was really young, but I think probably too young to absorb it the mm. same way. You know, I was probably a little yeah. bit too young for it. I think it went over my head when I tried to read it. I'm actually... I finished it, but I was just like, yeah, well, okay. I'm only familiar with the movie. Mm. There was a movie that came out back in the day in like the 1950s with uh, Spencer Tracy, it says here, which seems like... Yeah, something. I feel like it was definitely a story that was used a lot in the culture, like be it like... Oh, like cartoons or like yep. you know different stuff mm-hmm. like that but like definitely a, a story archetype from the earlier part of last century I like I know what the story's about and I, I'm familiar with the concepts of the story I like the idea of the story it's really interesting it's like this kind of story I like it's a really insular story about one person dealing with this single problem and it keeps growing larger and larger and sure. it's like an existential problem as well as a physical problem and a you know it's just a mm-hmm. it's a really interesting little story and right. I don't know if you, you know, this is the kind of thing you wouldn't want to make a series out of. You just want to make a movie out of. Right? Like, you should just make one. If that. Yeah. If, or you could just make a book out of it and leave it alone. That's true. Just leave it as a book. Hemingway, uh, this book served to re, uh, reinvigorate Hemingway's literary reputation and prompted a reexamination of his entire body of work. Uh, it initially received much popularity and restored readers' confidence in Hemingway's capabilities as an author. Uh, mm-hmm. He was he went on safari to Africa shortly after the publication, where he was involved in two successive near fatal plane crashes. Right, which seems like well, it's the 1950s. I guess you're probably more prone to like 
small plane crash. Planes made out of wood. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> uh, left with pain and ill health for much of the rest of his life. 1959, he bought a house in Ketchum, Idaho, where he ended his own life in mid-1961. Kind of a sad ending there. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, Old Man in the Sea. I'm going to have to go back and like read it or like go back and rewatch the 50s movie again now. There you go. Uh, all right, on this day, 1962, oh, legendary rock star John Bon Jovi is fo- is born. Mm. Kev, what's your thoughts on Bon Jovi? You a Bon Jovi head? You a Jovi fan? I don't I don't really know what that means. <laughs> I'm just um, curious. Do you like Jovi? I, I don't mind the, what's it, three songs? Three and a half songs? They're fine. <laughs> I don't necessarily need to hear them. Um, every once in a while, we'll play one of the Bon Jovi songs at a show, and yeah. people do go nuts. How many... People s- go... Freaking hammer time. <laughs> How many uh, studio albums do you think Jovi's got? Oh, God, like 15, probably. 14, that's pretty close. Yeah. Sold over 130 million albums. Yeah. Uh, he also has two solo albums, which I'm sure are quite good. Neat. <laughs> you know what? I actually don't have a problem with the older Bon Jovi songs, like the ones that I know, like Living on a Prayer and this. Like, cause those are from Yeah, those time. are part of the three. What's the one that's like, womp, womp, doo That's the half. Oh, <laughs> that's the hell. that one's that one's rough. Well, that's, that's just the same as the old. It's my songs. life. The thing with yeah. that, the, that song, um, the "Live It on a Prayer" and the "Shot you to, love a the bad shot name. To the Heart." That's the one that we play sometimes. Yeah. But um, those three are like kind of the same song. Like if you know, if you're a musician, you know how to play the songs. Like you're like, man, it's just kind of you're sort of nickelbacking it here and just like <laughs> slightly tweaking the same song over and over. Um, my Which, you know, salute, more power to you. Those are all catchy, like well-written songs. Nothing wrong with it. It's just I can't imagine reaching for my copy of Slippery, Slippery When Wet anytime soon. Well, Slippery When Wet was sort of their biggest album yeah. of all. Uh, yeah, it was yeah. the one that really got them oversold, 20 million copies, including mm-hmm. top uh, three top ten singles. That was You Give Love Bad Name, Living on a Prayer. They also had an album in 88 called New Jersey. It was yeah. also very successful. Uh, that has Bad Medicine and I'll be there is. for you. I do not know what that is. Sure, that's fine. Not uh, even like a weird, I'm pretending not to know what it is because I'm too cool to know what it is. I genuinely don't know what that is. If you're curious, if Jovi's still out there doing their thing, they are. They have an album coming out later this year called... What do you think it's called? Just take a shot in the dark. Bon Jovi. What year is it? 2020? Bon Jovi 2020. Coming Dumb. out in 2020. <laughs> bon Jovi. You catch Bon Jovi around town because his daughter goes to school up the road. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. Uh, I was going to do a 2005 history lesson about the Boston Red Sox being congratulated by... No thanks. By, <laughs> so we were going to have to talk Who's about the Red Sox. I don't know. I just thought, we have Red Sox fans out there. Shout out to Pete Forgets. He likes the Red Sox. Find a new show, Pete. <laughs> <laughs> Ain't got no time for cheaters. I'm waiting to see what that MLB report says. <laughs> uh, let's go back to Bon Jovi for a while. Never second. find a new show, Pete. We love you so yeah, much. Yeah, you're the best. We love you, Pete. But uh, get a better baseball team. Yeah, and a better you football should. team. There's um, no reason not to. Plenty of room on the bandwagon. <laughs> um, let's go to a bit some other blogs because it actually ties in a little bit to the Bon Jovi thing. Why we're still doing Bon Jovi? Huh? Sorta. Jesus. So here's your. We'll close out. Those on shingles went right to your brain. Yeah, he did. Uh, I'm living on a prayer right now. But it's uh, your I, life, and it's now or never. It's now or never. Mm-hmm. I'm not gonna live forever. What's uh, wait? What's the one song that was from the Crab Fisherman show? <laughs> wait, you know what I mean? It's got like the twelve string guitar. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It was oh. the theme song. Do 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 do. Like it's some like oh, weird arpeggios man. on acoustic guitar. I'd have to look it it's up. It's like I a wouldn't... cowboy. It's, oh, it's dead or alive. Cowboy, dead or alive. alive. Yeah, yeah. All that right. was from the movie Young Guns, if I remember correctly. If oh. I knew my eighties fiction, eighties pop culture, not fiction. Uh, okay, so this was a question: Are there any modern bands that still make good music? Was the simple question, and what their argument was is it's been fifteen years since their debut. Are they still making good music? Now, 
Uh, wait, what? So what? I don't understand the question. Then. So that's two different questions. Yeah. Is there any modern band that still makes good music? I guess you're right. The idea that the question they're getting at is: Is there any band that's still making good good music 15 plus years after their debut? Is the question. Like, if a band's around for 15 years or more, are they still making good music? Yeah. Yes. Yeah. So Bon Jovi's still making good hits. 15. I, I didn't say that. <laughs> I didn't say that. <laughs> Number one, 15 years ago is not that long ago. Yeah. 15 years ago is 2005. Right. Yeah. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like, the Strokes just put out a record that's good. Strokes been around for 20 years. Yeah, it's true. You know what I mean? Chili Jack, Peppers put out a lot Jack of pretty White, good albums. Chili in the Peppers. Last. Yeah. Keep, yeah ton, tons of bands. I'm trying to think if there's any bands, though, like, who I've listened to or longer than 15 years who are putting out their best work right now. No, that rarely happens. Yeah. That almost, that's never happened. Like, I, I like um, Moonshape Pool, but I don't think it's Radiohead's best album. Many people will tell you it is. Yeah. Many people will. Yeah. Um, but, yeah, I don't know if I, you know. It's different, too, because as you get older, you move further away from the age and the time where you're making such intense connections to the music you're listening to. So it's, kind of, it's kind of impossible in that way. Point. You know what I mean? Like, yeah. if, I was, if I was 18 years old now and I discovered Radiohead through a Moonshape Pool and then went backwards... That album would hold a lot more weight for me than the ones that I discovered when I was eighteen. No, that's right. You know what I mean? Yeah. Well, I always think like Pearl Jam has that new track out. We just talked about how much we really like that new Pearl Jam track, mm-hmm. and it's really good. Yeah. Does it mean that I think it's the best album? No, that, of course no, not. Of course not. Why well, can't be? <laughs> it, it, I don't need impossible. to hear the rest of the album to tell you that it's not better than like Vitology <laughs> yeah. versus. Uh, I also wrote down uh, Pink Floyd here simply because I know Floyd had a new album that like came out not too long ago, yeah, but yeah. I feel like it's not the whole band. No. So no, it kind of doesn't. Yeah. It's terrible. It's, well, it wasn't good. I'm just it's saying, like, does it only count if it's the same band, like the same core members, right? Like, to some degree. I mean, if you get, like, a different drummer or something, that's fine. But, like, if you change, like, major <laughs> personnel of, like, your song and sound, yeah. Uh, yeah. Who's still putting that? They're all dead, I guess, now. Just who? Who's who. all dead? The Who. Oh, The Who? The Who. No, they just put out an album this year. Is People it say it's actually really good in a return to form. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Really? Is a little just, bit, actually. Yeah, it was it getting pretty good reviews. Just Daltrey and Townsend? Yeah. Correct. The other two are dead. Keith Moon's been dead for like no, I know. 40 just, years, I, and uh, John Entwistle is dead as well. I had thought that Daltrey and Townsend like, didn't get along. They hate each other. <laughs> they hate each other. When the album came out, they were talking about, they like, had a big Rolling Stone article where they were like, oh yeah, I hate that guy. We should. And wait. they were just trashing each other. Like, we should, big time trashing each other, yeah. We should just wait for, like, 25 years until we hate each other and then put out an album together once we no longer like each other. I think that only works if people cared about the other albums. <laughs> you gotta care about the early stuff for the old man hatred <laughs> albums to come out. So, oh, I don't know. Man. I don't know if that's the plan. All right. So, uh, Heather will be back next week when I'm totally sure that there's no way I can give her child the scurvy. Shingles. Scabies. You better, you better be totally sure right now, scratching that head. I'm not. I'm telling you what. <laughs> my head. Uh, shout out to uh, Erica Zalatan, Tim Schramm for coming by. I had a great time. Check out Erica's uh, Yeah, new check album. out the music. Yeah, it's pretty good. Tim Schramm, I'll tell you what, last time I saw Tim Schramm, uh, I saw him out a couple weeks ago, and I was lamenting the fact that he's putting on so many cool shows Oh yeah, at the Uptown. Like, so many cool shows. People wonder, can you go see live mm-hmm. bands? Can you see new music? And I feel bad because I can never go. Playing out in a working band, he's literally, everything he schedules is on nights that I've also got to be out playing somewhere different stuff, but... People should go uh, because it's awesome. Yeah, it's really cool, and you can see a lot of, you know, Zalatan and, and many other great artists that he's putting out there and really trying to keep somewhat of a scene alive. So, 
you know, get out there. I'll link everything for you guys to follow them on all social media. You can follow Heather at Twitter at HeatherWaz1. You can follow Kevin at underscore Kevin Sullivan. You can follow me at SF Doom. Or you can follow my old crappy hipster band from New York at Strange Light on Twitter. I was looking at trying it. Trying to reinvigorate so, Strange Light. Trying to bring Strange Light Trying to get enough followers so you can bring it back. <laughs> or you can just follow Uticast at Uticast. We are at Uticast.com for all back and current episodes. Uh, MadeinUtica.com, uh, SoundCloud, Instagram, Stitcher Podcast, Apple Podcast, yeah. taking over the web. And if you're a musician out there and you want to join the reformed lineup of Strange Light, just <laughs> grab your instrument and come over to the house. Yeah, come on over. Here. Yeah, we're doing Mad Strange Light work. Goldstein, hit me up with the Twitter password because I can't get it anymore. Uh, yeah, yeah, or just tweet. Just whatever. You tape, tweet. We'll follow soon. The tape machines are rolling. Uh, we are desperately out of time. We will see you next week for another episode of the Uticast. Uh, this was fun. All right. Bye bye. Thank you.